deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffins. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I am your host, Cece. And I'm Liz. And Liz, have you ever bought anything on Etsy? I certainly have. You have? What what kind of what kind of good good stuff have you gotten from Etsy? Well, I say I certainly have because it seems like I must have, but I have <laughs> I cannot come up with what <laughs> you it can't could actually be. remember anything from Etsy. Mm, I bought some little fake eggs. Oh. Oh, yes, yes, for, <laughs> yes. I I bought I bought some little fake eggs. Um from I think, uh, gosh, the name of the shop was really funny. It was like Kawaii Shop or something mm. like that. Uh, to to be little uh, miniature eggs on um, Warhammer models, but they yeah. were a little too big. Oh, that's so. Too bad. But they were like two dollars. So I took a chance on some eggs. Didn't work out. Got some little tiny eggs now. Now, those were for your. Tyranid models, right? Not mm-hmm. not the baby, the little tiny Dobby. That's not for. Well, I could give Dobby an egg. <laughs> he could hold. He said, "Oh, I've I've got the the golden egg for you, yeah. sir." Like the famous sure. scene from Goblet of Fire. That is what happened. How yeah, is, that's a how possibility. Is, how is the baby Dobby model coming along? I'm just thinking about what I'm gonna do. Okay, okay. Still, still haven't pulled the trigger on a on a direction for Dobby to go. No. Well, now there's egg possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> the possibility of the egg mm-hmm. it's out there um no i was just curious because i have i've also like i've definitely bought stuff from etsy before mm-hmm. but like i'm really racking my brains trying to remember what you know um like i, I like it's it certainly seems like a, a a handy website to have around i know a lot of people make a lot of uh, their livelihood doing crafts and um, uh, and whatnot on there. Uh, I like to go and look at all the very expensive like resin keycaps that people make on Etsy and go. Damn, oh yeah, those are cool. If I had any money at all, I would buy. I would buy some of these. Um, that's kind of my experience with Etsy. But uh, I guess I guess neither of us would have had this thought. But mm. someone out there was like, "Damn, what if? What if?" I made Etsy, but I made it transphobic. Mm. So what if Etsy just wasn't rad femme enough for me? Right. And this was a world I had never even considered until uh, a few days ago when J.K. Rowling broke her silence. She's no the, the the epic chimp guy is no longer her top tweet. She is she has broken broken her silence. Uh, to post a picture of a shirt she was wearing and plug the uh, the website that she bought it from. Um, I, I, I know I say this every time she tweets, but like the, the specifics of this one knocked me out. Mm. It just it just being a, a picture of her, like a bad photo <laughs> of her wearing a shirt and a link to like it's this is a we're reaching new lows uh, every every time she keeps finding new ways it's impressive i i keep getting faked out right like i because 
the last time she was gone, it was, I know I say this every time, so mm-hmm. I'm a little bit of a broken record here, mm-hmm. but, you know, she went away for quite a long time, and I just really keep thinking that she's going to be like, enough is enough. And, I, and I'll look, and it'll be like, oh, she hasn't posted in, like, two weeks. But now I just want to know, like, what is, what's going on? And I, I floated the idea that the, like, epic chimp retweet was, like, accidentally on mm-hmm. main, and it was supposed to be on private. Yeah. Which was kind of, like me buying into the idea that maybe she was done posting or had been compelled by Hope, hoping WB that she was done posting to to tell her to stop. Yeah. But now I'm just wondering if she is just like working herself into a fit for like two weeks every time. Yeah. And like amping herself up to post some heinous shit like once every two or three weeks. And it's just really like deliberating over it yeah that kind of so the the theory that the that the that you know that the the chimp guy retweet was supposed to be for private mm-hmm. i think like like i i like part of me was wondering like you know are are we giving her too much credit but then i remembered like she's done that before i mean like that was the whole hilarious scandal with the um uh uh, the I can't. What was her fucking book? Ichabog. I couldn't even remember. <laughs> remember the Ichabog? That was ten years ago. Yeah. Um, the Ichabog thing, where she like accidentally posted a paragraph from, uh, uh, like the 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 like court case she was like deliberating over in her DMs, right? Like she's absolutely fat fingered her way into posting the wrong stuff before. Right. Um. So it wasn't out of out of the realm of possibility, but like now, now that she, I mean, like the the, the shirt thing, it was a it's a she posted a link. She posted a picture of herself wearing this t shirt that says "This witch doesn't burn," um, which I love because like the, you can find that, like that is a a shirt that has existed in various forms on like Etsy and Red But like you can buy that <laughs> for basically any variation of feminist ideology right like that is not a rad femme exclusive term uh i mean it fucking is now it is now yeah, yeah she's made it one uh thankfully or you know quote air I mean, quotes I think around thankfully kind of on that for for a little while but yeah. yeah but 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 she's she's certainly put the stake in the ground on this one mm-hmm. um but uh i like now she's just trolling which I, which is, I think, a new avenue for her, right? Like, like you know, we keep on talking about how, you know, when is she going to go away? When is this going to stop? And, like, you know, her behavior has always been outrageous and, 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 and dog shit. But it, it is, it's interesting to think about this in comparison with, you know, last week we talked about the billboard stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, people hop, people who, who subscribe to her, uh, uh, you know, poison ideology and want to also kind of ride her coattails, right? Because she is like, she is like the the turf right now, right? Mm-hmm. So people want to attach themselves to this um, uh, because she is like the one famous person who is like really out there for their shitty beliefs. Um, but like, she sort of left the job of trolling and like, you know, acting up for attention to them. Right. And just like, let everyone else do it. And... And now she's doing it. Uh, like, I think I think that the strike book is clearly 
there's no way she wasn't thinking about that while writing it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and now she's like, you know, antagonizing people with with uh, these these posts with her and in, in, in the shirt or whatever. So like, it is now we've moved beyond the fate. Like you know, she 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 tried to run cover with her manifesto because for as as dog shit and cruel as that manifesto was, it was still on the defensive, right? It was still like, no, no, I'm not transphobic. I'm insert whatever uh, uh, reasonable sounding way liberal feminists get, you know, work themselves into to justify this shit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, now, like, I guess maybe since that hasn't been like, you know, that didn't win everyone over. Now she is just like going out guns blazing i guess i don't know um but it is it is certainly new behavior yeah i I should really be immune to being frustrated Mm -hmm. (laughs) like really i should um because after the the manifesto i remember being very frustrated with people who don't know the playbook right and put and and i know and it's hard because it's like 90% 90% of people that do know the playbook already are turfs. They are, they are trolling, right? That they are, they yeah. are asking the question. They're saying they're just asking questions. They're saying that she says she's not a transphobe, whatever. I don't care about right. those people. I mean, like the, the like liberals that don't know the playbook being like, I don't get it. She does. She right. says she's not a transphobe. I don't understand. Right. Whatever, that's frustrating to me. I should be immune. I should I should simply simply not read it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this happened, and like obviously the, the shirt that she got is like you said, it's been going or like that's like a catchphrase red bubble thing that you've been able to get for years that has obviously become like a turf thing. But I have seen like people like quote tweeting it. And saying to her, like, ma'am, ma'am, I love you, but did you see that there's bad stuff on this website? Oh, God. It's like, yeah. Yep. (laughs) Ma'am, please. Ma'am. Please read this. Uh, You may not have noticed that there's some bad stuff on this website. She fucking knows. Yeah, it is. No, it is a a new... outlet for her to just be this aggressive with i mean like it, it's it's weird to talk about right because of course it's it, it is an aggressive ideology so it's not like she hasn't been aggressive or, or or um um cruel previous to this but it is a it is a new tack the the, yeah. the, the veneer of like reasonable like academic interest is gone now right mm-hmm. like that that's 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 and that's sort of like been been the difference is like you know when I talk about trolling, I don't mean that they're just doing it for laughs, right? right. I, I mean that they are – like, they're not trying to win win over the, the people that are quote-tweeting her and going like, ma'am, ma'am. <laughs> like, like she, she, beyond that now, right? Like, just, just, just trying to get under people's skin, trying to be cruel for the sake of it. Yeah. And, and trying to rile people up for, for like, you know – for for shits and giggles because it it makes them happy to make people miserable. Yeah, yeah, and she's I mean she knows that she's the the leader, I suppose, yeah. right? And well, that's she's the thing, like right? just emboldening 
yeah her followers yeah she is she is now you know i i think before uh she had maybe not explicitly acknowledged or like taken up that mantle mm-hmm. but she is now right oh yeah and it's also all her likes now too is is mm-hmm. her her turf followers praising her thanking yeah. her for being the leader of this of this group yeah she is that that's yeah Th- it's bad this, shit it's real bad it's real bad and it's like i said it's it, it is a sea change not you know no no change in the actual meaning behind her words but like certainly a change in the words themselves to just be more <laughs> i mean there's really no other way to put it more even more mask off right like like I like the like I said, the thin veneer of like academic language and like the manifesto and the and her like pretending to be like, oh, I'm not a transphobe. I'm just a little concerned right. about about our children. Mm-hmm. Right. And like that's that's gone now. Um now that she's promoting wi- Wild Women Workshop, um, which is a very suspicious website, is what mm-hmm. I would say. Um, I am so curious where the fuck this, uh, like who, who, who runs this? It is, it has existed for a couple years, according to their Twitter. It it joined in October of 2017. Um, but the shop itself, the one that JK Rowling linked only had one blog post, uh, and it was a hello world blog post. Mm. Um, and it. So I'm I'm poking around. And I'm I'm gonna po- I'm gonna poke around on this shitty website and just and just, just just I'm you know in to to put it in terms that turfs understand. I'm just asking questions. <laughs> um. So this is uh, uh uh um the blog post, the sole blog post that existed on this website. So this is it. And then there's like three spaces before the exclamation mark. I am finally and proudly introducing Wild Women's Workshop website. Hooray. This is a place for, and then (laughs) I'll send you a link to the way they formatted this. They say this every time they type this, but they've put like the the female symbol around the word women and made it red. (laughs) And that that is how they format it several times on this site but this is a shop for women looking for new and original feminist stuff we produce great products with a strong unapologetic feminist message wild women workshop is a lesbian owned and female centered business and as such we center women and lesbians if you are triggered by radical feminist content and threatened by female speaking our mind and daring to disagree with men then this space is clearly not for you. And then I gotta, I gotta take a big wind up on this one. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm George Costanza wiggling that bat around. <laughs> this space is clearly not for you. And liberal feminism is this way. And there's an arrow pointing to off the screen. Where? What? Where? <laughs> what? This is my favorite. Liberal feminism is like, like dog. This is liberal feminism, you fucking morons. If not, welcome. You're going to love it right here. We will find great original products, carefully handcrafted with care and love, the kind of items you will not find anywhere else. 
We unashamedly promote the defense of women and lesbians and proudly spread messages that will make any misogynists, misogynists cringe. Now that's quite easy. Triggered, huh? Cringe, huh? Triggered. Cringe. Interesting. We center women always, are anti-racist and pro-lesbians, <laughs> and value women herstory, and, are, uh, and understand queer and trans ideology as a backlash against women and lesbian. We like to take the piss a lot, and oh, we don't like men very much, smiley face. In the pages of this blog, I will try and post about new products, some radical feminist reading history I am doing, plenty of action to support and petitions to sign, and many more, so do stay in touch. I hope you like what you see and look forward to read your comments, see your lovely selfies with the Wild Women Workshop t-shirts and badges soon. Angela XX. What's the date on that blog post? That is April 25th, 2019. Hmm. Like I said, just asking some questions here. Who runs this? <laughs> because cringe and I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. This feel like here's the thing. Like it's clearly real, like rad fems, right? Yeah. But like, but the like my earnest first thought was like, oh, this is J.K. Rowling. Like, <laughs> like this is her shop. Except that it's written so poorly that it's probably not her um no but it could be your friend or something yeah plus someone um, in the group dm or whatever yeah someone in the group chat um there they only have one other blog post and it's support women-owned businesses and that one is uh uh less uh less interesting but the products on this site i'm sure you can imagine are very very bad um the shirt that J.K. Rowling posted is earnestly, like, not anywhere close to the worst thing they have on here. Um, they've got, like, uh, trans activism is misogyny. That is a uh, sticker they sell. They've got, they have one, someone uh, pointed this out, out to us as well online, um, but they've got, like, famous feminist, like, greeting cards. Mm -hmm. And one of them is, like, Angela Davis. And I would like yeah. them to do a little bit more reading about Angela Davis's work, perhaps, uh, if they're going to use that. It's all nasty. It's gross. It's, uh, it's, oh, they've also got Virginia Woolf on here. Yeah, I mean, like, there are a couple different, like, sections of the website, right? And one is just the gender critical section, which yes. is all of their, their worst, most heinous stuff. Mm -hmm. obviously and that's usually the stuff that's being like quote tweeted at jk rowling like acting like she doesn't know it's there right yeah um oh fuck, i mean just fuck really your pronouns is a yeah, badge they sell very very heinous um yeah fuck your pronouns don't call me sis here. uh female is not a feeling just a lot of really nasty shit um, yeah i mean i assume there are a million of these websites right yeah. Not a million, but like, I mean, it's, and I can't even tell, like, at first I thought that it just was literally one person making these, this stuff, but from that blog post, is that that they're like curating products? <laughs> yes, I believe, I believe this is like a, cause it, you know, when they're talking about like, oh, we support, uh, uh right. gender critical businesses or whatever, um, it is, I think that they are like commissioning or paying for these. Mm hmm. I, I mean, like, it is, um, I think the thing that is most 
interesting about this and and like in the same way that like i i have a lot of uh capital q questions about the blog post and like the origins of the site and whatnot um but the bleeding effect that um like actively right-wing transphobia has had or like you know the, the transphobes who like admit that they are like right-wing and other spaces right sure has had on the supposedly like left-wing feminist uh uh transphobe community is kind of shocking honestly like a lot of these phrases and like like there's you can get uh uh products from this website that is like aimed at like like you say like you know older wine mom level turfs Mm-hmm. They have a whole line of products called Peak Trans. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's a, like, 4chan transphobe thing. Right. That's, that is, that's Groiper Twitter guy language. Um yeah. Which, like, you know, the more, we've talked about this before, like, you know, how, how long will J.K. Rowling and people like her uh, even, like, feign interest in like being part of like you know normally the left side of politics right Mm -hmm. um and i feel like that is going to come to a head real soon like these are these are all phrases and memes and stuff that are sourced directly from like twitter nazi guys so i'm very like like you know obviously it doesn't matter that much the ideology is poison no matter what, but like just very interesting to see that that is where they are getting shit from now. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think we've been there for a while um, with the more organized groups, right? Because yeah. They, I mean, the radical feminism that they're pulling from is, I mean, they, they, they're, it's, it's, it's not good. <laughs> I, I think I think we're there, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's it's interesting to see that. I mean, there was also the um, uh, the the thing that uh, J.K. Rowling's husband retweeted recently, where he's like following that YouTuber who quote unquote, you know, why I, why I left the left or whatever. Um, so like the migration to just being actively right wing. I mean, like it's been underway for a long time, right? Um, mm-hmm. But like we, I think we are now in a at a point with all this where it's like becoming visible. And I think that like, you know, as I kind of talked about at the beginning of this segment about how like JK Rowling is, uh, you know, constantly ratcheting up her behavior still. I think that the next, I think like the next thing that's going to drop is her like talking about like, Oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not a liberal anymore or whatever, whatever you like. Oh, I've, I've, I have moved beyond the left of, of things, right? Like that—that's coming. I mean, like it's, it's I mean, already I think that apparent. Was sort of the Harper's letter. Yeah, yeah. It's like I—I I was a liberal, but now I'm not because they were mean to me. <laughs> it's uh, that. I mean, that's the—that's the YouTuber. Oh, this is why I left, lo- like, left YouTube because they're yeah. mean to me, and now I'm, now I'm going on the Ben Shapiro show or whatever. Yeah, yeah. it is. Like, like it is. Um, it's not surprising, and it's not 
like news in the sense that like yeah of course her behavior has already moved her far out of that realm but it is still like you know like i say with the, with the manifesto still clinging to like that air of like reasonable language uh i think that she is always maintained like oh no i am i am a liberal but you know i i just don't like this one cause and i think that we are very rapidly approaching her just like dropping that facade and just being like I'm a I'm I'm voting for the new Tory guy, <laughs> you know. Like I, I don't know. I'm I'm uh, I'm 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 anticipating it now um, that she's not even going to pretend anymore with this stuff. Yeah, um, I I am at my last straw. Not with her. My last straw with her was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, Before we I'm started my, the podcast, really, like I am at my basically last straw at people wanting to maintain the fandom. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Why? I, I had a lot. Of, I had a lot of sympathy for probably too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know why this is what did it, but I think going from, like I said, the anguish over wanting to buy the video game mm-hmm. to her posting this and desperately trying to, like, hold on to that. I I think people should really just let it go. Yeah. Yeah, I th- I think that you know it's 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 like perfectly fine to still like the old thing you liked as a kid, but like the obsession people have with like carrying a torch for like an ongoing capital F fandom that is like uh, uh, built around this idea that like um oh uh uh. The author says and continues to say shitty stuff. Well, she doesn't own Harry Potter. And it's like, she does, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, she does. And she is still technically entitled to work on it and makes, you know, billions in contract money from it. So... Like, like I said, like you say, like there's, there's, there was a certain level of naivete that I was willing to like have some empathy for, but I think the more this happens and the more people dig their heels, because the thing is to me, it's, it's not even, it's not even the fact that people still like Harry Potter that bothers me, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I still like parts of Harry Potter, right? We had, we, we talked about how fun the chapter two weeks ago was, right? Like, yeah, I'm also always, always trying to get people to divorce the idea in their head of liking or not liking stuff as like the like end all be all of yeah of what they believe mm-hmm. right like this idea that like oh i like it so it has to be good or i don't like it <laughs> so i have to make sure that it is like evil yeah like like stop that but it's it's not how people work right but it's it's the specifics of the way that the fandom like it just 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 can't um face the reality of what Harry Potter is which is something that meant a lot to them that was written by a shitty person versus what they desperately want to believe and want to still cling to in the face of the author and her like in increasingly like i mean da- danger people people die because of this shit right like like it is evil behavior yes um and and they want to maintain not just that they like Harry Potter, which ultimately is inconsequential, 
Yes. Um, but the idea that Harry Potter is capital I important and um, a, a like cultural institution that they are special for recognizing and like a, a, a like not just a piece of media, but a force for good. Right. And like, that's something that like, even before JK Rowling truly went, you know, fully off the deep end with this stuff. It is something we were we've always been cynical about. It's like the the basis of why we started the show in the first place is like the the like people who go like Harry Potter is why I'm a good person, right? Um, which is crazy on so many levels. I mean, first of all, give yourself some credit. <laughs> like like if if you are a person who is stuck stuck wondering what to do about you know liking Harry Potter and not being transphobic and like you know you you clearly have some uh, 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 good thoughts somewhere. So it wasn't fucking Harry Potter that made you who you are. Um, but it, it's so weird to see this idea that like, no, 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 no. The text is, uh, is perfect and still good and never had any problems. And her behavior is entirely new and divorced from that. Because if I don't believe that, then, Oh God, I liked something that was like, there's just there's so many levels of just like, it's not that serious. Just let it go. Like, like you can't, you can't give a piece of media that much credit for your like life. Right. Like just if, if, if you were truly stuck in a place where like accepting that the person who wrote a thing you like is, is, is cruel is like giving, giving you this like identity crisis. Like that's bad. That's a, that's a bad place to be with mainstream media consumption. Yeah. And I, I think that I might, might break from some people's opinions about this, but like, I don't care. Like if you, if you like Harry Potter and you want to spend your time reading and writing like dreary fan fiction, I don't really think that's a problem. Mm -hmm. I think the problem that I'm having is with folks that feel like there is a call to action to uphold Harry Potter yes. as an institute and carry it forward. Like, like it is, it is almost like a mandate. Like we, we must, we must do this. It is still good. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's, it's fascinating the way, the, the, the way that people are treating it like a faith. Yeah. Like it, it, it is, it is really being treated like a religious cause that like, Oh, no matter the scandal, my you know, my my belief in in the church is is still important to me. But you were everyone out there who is like, damn, I need to still I need to still engage with every aspect of the Harry Potter fandom, and it must be a, it must be the fandom because the fandom to me means acceptance and uh being liberal and not racist or whatever it's like that's you you if you think that you will lose those beliefs if like harry potter goes away that's a you problem right like like that's not a that's not a uh uh you know people canceling harry potter problem if you if you can't if you can't envision a world where you are motivated to you know have those feelings uh, and beliefs and ideals without Harry Potter there, like that's fucking sad. Get over it. Yeah, pretty pretty much. Um, the game's probably going to be six out of ten anyway. <laughs> six out of ten. It's You're not, not going to be much. great. 
<laughs> it's not going to be a very good game. It'll it's it's whatever. You it's yeah. It's it's not it's not worth it. It's just and not I, worth it. And I just want to have a quick PSA because this is driving me driving me crazy every <laughs> single day. <laughs> Death of the author isn't about whether you like something or not. Yes. Oh my god. Like it doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> like at all. It's not about if you're allowed to like something. <laughs> It is very funny, I must say, uh, seeing the Harry Potter fandom do a complete 180 on Death of the Author in the span of us starting the show. Amazing. Fucking hilarious. Just, like, going going from us mocking, like, uh, Death of the Author is bad because J.K. Rowling is good, to Death of the Author is good because J.K. Rowling is bad <laughs> is so fucking good. <laughs> Which is it? <laughs> How the turns have tabled. Ah, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's like if you Google if you Google like JK Rowling and just go to the news tab, <laughs> there are like three separate like fandom pontifications on like JK Rowling can't take Harry Potter away from us, and here's why. Death of the author. And it's like, oh, you just figured you've just heard of this, huh? I just I finally I've I've found a critical lens that uh, adheres exactly to my personal ideology. Perfect. That's so convenient. That's so convenient. I love when that happens. I don't think Death of the Author is about fandom either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Could you? There's, <laughs> you know, there's like all those fucking posts about, um, about like, uh, you know, if uh, Marx was alive today, he wouldn't you, you say your pronouns or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the like that's been uh, going around for a long time. I want I want to do the same thing. <laughs> But I want I want to go back and show Barth's like, hey, here's here's uh, what Death of the Author is used for now, and like show him like My Hero Academia fandom or something, <laughs> and just make his head fucking explode, resurrecting him to find out if it's okay to like Harry Potter. Hello, Mister Barth's. We have a question for you. <laughs> is it okay if I buy the Harry Potter video game? Barth's, I need to know. Can can I buy this video game? real real dark real dark spot for fandom just just stop it you can like stuff without forming a fucking cult around it i wish wb would do something I yeah never, i literally i've said this so many times but i never thought i would be rooting for an evil corporation that's ruining the fucking earth probably <laughs> to like crush a single creator under its thumb like a bug but i just been like please please evil corporation well, it's it, it's it's so fucked right because because these these corporations can can like you say crush like any creator under their thumb like a bug and do like every day right uh -huh. um, but they won't do it with a one person that it, it would really it would i would really appreciate yeah i would i would really appreciate it um but they won't. Daniel Radcliffe took a stand, sort of. It, so or it mm. sounds like. I don't think so. <laughs> this is, right now, this is only being reported as a rumor, but it's it's being picked up on a few sites. And, like, the, the source, according to this site, at least, it cites, it's like, yeah, this is the, this is the um, source that gave us uh, a couple of other, like, correct things. Um, mm. Uh, that Radcliffe will only consider an appearance in the Wizarding World again if J.K. Rowling isn't involved in whichever project he signs up for. 
Okay, um, but what does involved mean? Right. Because she's well, not involved in the video game either. Right, right. That's like, that is, that is the big question, right? I mean, I don't know. I, we, we all know that Eddie Redmayne has no spine. Yeah. Um, because they're filming Fantastic Beasts that he hasn't said anything since. Um, I would at least like to imagine that Daniel Radcliffe has one. Um, he seems the, I, I still think that his, his big, um, uh, stand, public stance against JK Rowling, you know, like while, while it wasn't like a perfect statement or whatever, it was certainly, I think maybe the, aside from like Steve Cloves who like didn't have to, you know, cause right. he's, he's, he's not in the public eye. Probably I would say the most brave out of the people who like spoke up right yeah and he's harry potter you know yeah around her like one of the most important ones for sure um and if this is true if this if this if this rumor is is uh is to is to be believed i hope that he has a good definition of what involved means right like i hope that that means not on the payroll right i hope that that means not involved in the company and you know no longer uh receiving anything rather than like you know oh she's still you know vacuuming up money just uh she's not got a writing credit on this one um but i don't know i don't know how how carefully he's gonna consider that stuff or if it's even real but you know i'm i'm really breaking with this like i i'm I don't really like care about her money because her money's <laughs> not going anywhere. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm more just like I'm frustrated with the continuing institute. I suppose. Yeah. Well, it's, it's yeah. It's it's the, the money is never leaving. I mean, we talked about that a lot last week about the game stuff, right? About like the the I find the royalties co- conversation a really weird goal post, right? Um, right. Because uh, her money is not going anywhere. She's made the money, but it is. Um, her name gets to be put on everything and uh uh her her like portfolio is making w i mean like uh, the thing the thing that won't happen that 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 i would i think most appreciate at this point is just like no more just like done bye bye like like goodbye to wizarding world right like we had we had a we had a good run mostly not real we had a, like a 33 percent good run <laughs> um and that's that and and uh and then the fans can write like you say you know write dreary fix for the rest of time and that's fine but like as far as official content goes it's done put to bed but uh that won't happen yeah i mean like maybe you could resurrect it later but it has to be just a completely different vision right like yeah. it has to be what the hannibal tv show is to silence of the lambs <laughs> yeah um i think yeah yeah it, it would need to be radically different for sure it's got to be the cw show where the marauders have a <laughs> have a band and they perform <laughs> at the like school festival hell fucking yeah but yeah, like that that's that's what I I would like hope for, but I I don't think that's uh I, I don't think that's ever going to happen, so I would at least like um uh I don't know, just just something. T- t- toss me any sort of bone, WB. I I she won't there they won't, but uh 
That's like, this that. is so different than, like, the George Lucas situation. Like, I think we were in George Lucas territory for a little while. Like, yeah. the, the George Lucas limbo where J.K. Rowling was obnoxious online, but mostly just, like, ruining her own property. Yeah, she was just, saying, like, she was just saying dumb lore stuff that was kind of annoying. It wasn't, like, evil. Right, and so even something like Star Wars, where it's like George Lucas made bad movies that made people go like, wow, this ruined Star Wars, <laughs> and then they like brought in J.J. Abrams to reboot it and and make make the remakes that people like. I don't think you can do that with Harry Potter anymore. I think mm-hmm. that, I think there is a a stain on the vision forever. Yeah, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. No, I I I think that is true because it is like we talked about this before right like how um i i don't think like if george lucas today came out and said something fucked up yeah, i don't think whatever. It would, like i don't think it would really matter that much to star wars overall right like no it would suck but like you look at the lineage of star wars and it's like okay he came up with the idea but then you've got even even the second movie he didn't direct it uh <laughs> Uh, there, there's like the, you know, there's a vast amount of um, uh, uh, expanded universe content. There's books. There's co- like it's just it's something that has been touched by so many hands mm-hmm. that like ultimately, I, I think that the amount of stuff in Star Wars that is just a hundred percent George Lucas is pretty fractionally tiny. Mm-hmm. If you look at Harry Potter, she wrote all seven of those damn books herself. The lore. Mm-hmm all comes from her mind as we have outlined extensively on the show it all <laughs> comes from her reactionary uh <laughs> like british upper class mindset right mm-hmm. like <laughs> it is um like it is intrinsic every, every little last thing about harry potter is jk rowling um and so i, I think it is much different uh and it's- much more difficult it's very funny to me that WB and the and Bloomsbury and Scholastic kind of made their bed and have to lie in it because it's really on them that they built up the mythology of J.K. Rowling totally. being Harry Potter. They didn't have to do that, and it right. made them a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did a very good job at creating that mythology yeah. as completely... Like you can't separate the two. Yeah, it is as kind much of their as own someone fault. might want to. You can't. Um, and now, and now they have to lie in it. <laughs> yeah, it I, is. Ho- I hope it has consequences because she is evil. <laughs> it, it is. It is. It is kind of like darkly funny to just see like, you know, like like the thing. The thing that I think every artist and everyone who like likes artists dreams of which is like wow you got to make blockbuster movies and they you know they didn't take away the control you got to uh you were involved in everything you got the final say uh and and they really were at the end of the day your movies even though a big studio was making them and like that's you know how many times has it has an author been fucked over by the studio system or whatever in, in in a bad adaptation or whatever and then WB finally comes and does one where everyone like buys the the marketing hook line and sinker that yep she was involved she touched all of it she was there on set she was very very hands on and now here they are and it's like well whoops <laughs> whoopsie daisy 
no one else ever got to touch this and now now the one person who did is uh uh a monster and navigate i mean like the sad truth is that they won't really need to do that much to navigate it because like you just you see how everyone is already having such a hard time being dragged kicking and screaming away from the idea that like the fandom is capital i important to them so maybe they won't have to do anything and that's too bad yeah i mean i think that's why i am galled by yeah creators who are sort of taking taking the same things that we're saying and going the complete opposite direction, yeah. which is that you can't you can't take her money away. At the, I mean, she could parody, um, but <laughs> uh, but like the the cat's out of the bag, right? Harry, Harry Potter can't be put back in the box. Here we are, yeah. And to have a lot of influencers, yeah, let's say, quote unquote, take that agree and say like oh but it's a real shame that that jk rowling is so bad but we are the wizarding world so and we can't take our money away so we will buy product (laughs) we will continue to buy product and it's like you know i don't know i don't really like super care if you go and buy product when you go to barnes and noble but um to be the free marketing arm for (laughs) wb that's the part yeah is like don't do that. I I think that they're like seventy five percent of the way there when they say like, you know, uh, a boycott isn't really going to change anything, which is like true. But that's not that's not to say that like, well, then don't do anything, right? It's to say like, hey, maybe look at the bigger structures in the world that like and make that a thing that is like ineffective, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Like, maybe zoom out a little bit and consider more things in your life that are like, oh, damn, like, I have no control over anything, like, above me. I have no control over any of these structures. Like, there, there is a really good kernel of truth in there that is very easy to, instead of use as, like, a springboard to maybe a more holistic worldview to then just say like, so I'm just not going to do anything. And uh, that is, that's too bad. I mean, I feel bad. I really do. Like on a human level, I I think that at the point that, that you are, I think a lot of people have been taken advantage of are doing free work for WB and being marketing people. And, And at this point, do you have to look back on your career and say, Oh, did I just get fucked over? <laughs> and like, yeah. I could have been collecting yeah, a did. WB paycheck this whole time and didn't. And I thought that it was good for me because they sent me like an action figure every month or whatever. Oops. Right. Yeah. Oh, they let me meet JK Rowling Whoa, one time. Oh, yeah. As a result of all my work. Yeah. Uh oh, you got fucked over. Yeah. You got suckered, my friend. Yeah. I just, I, I. I do have some, like, lingering empathy for, like, people who feel the fandom meant a lot to them, but I'm I'm begging them to, like, examine that a little, a little more than just, like, well, and that is why the fandom remains the same, right? Like, it's, it's just, you, you gotta, you gotta think about things in a, a brighter, you know, broader scope than, like, capital F fandom activity. Probably um, rethink Hermione twenty twenty. Hermione twenty twenty. Did 2020. I say that out loud? Let's check. Let's check in Did on. Did I say that out loud? Ooh, let's check in on Granger twenty twenty. What's going on there? Granger twenty twenty. Uh, well, 
they're holding a concert for uh, uh, getting out the vote. Uh, the Harry Potter Alliance. Want a hero in your contact list? Get texts from the Granger 2020 star herself. Hermione G- Ooh, ooh, I'm going to do this. <laughs> get texts from Hermione Granger herself to remind you or a friend to get registered to vote, get your ballot, and get out there. There's a screenshot. Hey, wizard activist, I just got back from the library where I learned something important. Tomorrow is the deadline to request your absentee ballot. I can't do this homework for you. Do you have a plan to vote? And then the reply is, thanks, Hermione. I'm on it. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Um, no. Is J.K. Rowling going to say that Hermione is a turf? When is that going to yes. happen? Yes. Oh, God, yes. That's... I am waiting for that tweet for, like, months now. Yeah, that is absolutely going to happen. Um, I wonder if we're ever going to get confirmation of our uh, our dark um, uh, Rita Skeeter investigation stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's fucking off. It's plain as day and becomes I, I plainer still, every... I... Every day. I'm wondering if the compromise is that WB told her she can't tweet about Harry Potter. Mm. And this is how she takes it out on them? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, maybe I they're see like, it. I, 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 it sounds plausible, and and f- frankly, I don't know anything. So, you know, it sounds plausible <laughs> to me that they would say, you can tweet whatever you want. We can't stop you, but you can't harm the thing that we invested right, in. Right, right, right. Hmm. Um, would you like to guess how many faves, uh, the, and retweets that, that Hermione Granger tweet has? 16. Uh, no. 52. No. 37. Zero retweets, one like. I, I thought my low, <laughs> my low guess first was gonna be, like, a jokingly low guess. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think, I don't think it's great. I, I don't, don't think he's going to win the presidency. I'm starting to get a sinking. Well, the debate will, you know, once, once she gets to the debates, that'll, that'll turn <laughs> it around. That's great. All right. Well, we have, Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. I like, look, I went to the, the page and I scrolled down and the top tweet right now is a screenshot of a Google search that says, how fans can save democracy. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck off. I'm, put, I'm not a fan. Put the fucking toys away. For <laughs> once in your goddamn lives, people. Jesus Christ. Okay. We have gone very long on this, but I think that was a good... I think that was a good... We had a struggle sesh for our, uh, our common room, and I think it was good to kind of air out some more... JK Rowling feelings on this news segment, but do you think it's time for us to get into our chapter for the week? Yeah, I'm so glad. You know, we had that one Resident Evil chapter and it was so good and I was like, and it was on the worst week too because I was like, ugh, like JK Rowling is being horrible. I hate that we have like a week where we're like, oh, but the chapter was really good. Like that felt a little... Yeah. uh, Kind of a bummer, sort of. (laughs) So um, this book... Luckily, we don't have that problem. Yeah, don't worry. This book is dog shit. Uh, This is chapter 19. It's called The Silver Doe. Um, Harry and Hermione are are moving around uh, pretty aimlessly again um, after their their 
Resident Evil thing and Harry's crisis of faith. Um, but they keep feeling like they're being watched everywhere they go. Uh, they finally end up in the forest of Dean uh, that Hermione went camping at one time. Uh, they're not having a good time of it. They're, it's winter and it's snowing, and so they're really cold. Uh, Hermione made the blue flame again that we remember from book one. Um, Harry's keeping watch one night. Um, and he sees something bright and silver and follows it. It's silver dough. And he just, this time he sees that silver dough and he says, this is a good sign. This is going to help me. Um, so there's like a long sequence of, um, him kind of, it's sort of like dreamlike of him following the dough through the, through the forest. Um, and it eventually leads him to a frozen pool, pond, lake. Thing. Um, and, and beneath the surface of the water and the ice, he sees a silver cross. It's the Sword of Gryffindor. He immediately knows what he has to do. Uh, just like Dumbledore told him in book two, you have to be brave. You have to be a Gryffindor to retrieve the sword. So he cracks the ice. He takes all his clothes off. He jumps in the freezing water. Uh, uh oh, it's really cold and he's going to drown because the horcrux around his neck is like pulling him down. Um, he wakes up having passed out. Uh, and it's Ron. Ron saved him. Um, Ron is like, I wasn't the one that cast the Patronus. Um, but I was the one rustling about. And that's why you thought you were being watched. Um, Ron retrieved the sword out of the lake after saving Harry. Um, and Harry, in that moment, knows. He knows what Dumbledore said about bravery and about the importance of stuff that happens. And he knows that Ron has to be the one to destroy the Horcrux. It is just the right thing to do. Um, Ron is reluctant. He's like, I don't know. I think this thing affects me differently. Um, it fucks me all the way up. Uh, unlike you and Hermione. Harry's like, nope, you gotta do it. Um, it's a different strain, also- bro. <laughs> um, uh, and and Harry also in that moment knows and feels that he knows how to open the locket, which is to say to open it in Purseltongue. Um, and so he does, and Ron has the sword, and the locket has two eyeballs inside, and it is rude to Ron and is like, "You suck so bad. Your your parents don't want you." Your girlfriend uh, wants to fuck your best friend instead of you. You sucker, you should join me uh, and I'll help you out with that stuff. Um, And Harry's like, no, you got to stab it. You got to stab it. And so he does. Um, Harry and Ron have a have a moment where Harry's like, I don't even want to fuck Hermione. She's like a sister to me. Uh, so we're all good. Uh, they walk back to the tent. Hermione wakes up. She's furious. She is so pissed off at Ron. She attacks him. How dare you leave for a couple weeks? Um, we've really been through it. And then we get Ron's story about how he used the deluminator and it made a ball of blue light that went into his chest. And then he just like teleported around to get to them. Also, we learn about Snatchers and how he had to fight with some and got an extra wand very conveniently for Harry to use now since his wand broke. Uh, Hermione's still pretty pissed off uh, and they go to sleep. That's the end. This chapter, I gotta say, Mm. the beginning, Mm. it nearly tricked me. Okay. I was nearly, I was nearly tricked um, because the... The sequence that you describe of Harry seeing the dough and following the dough and it being very dreamlike, um, it, it, that is such a, like, um, 
like it it is at least aesthetically like one of my favorite kinds of scenes in a lot of fiction. Yeah. Um I I love I love a good scene where like everything sort of comes together and like wordlessly the character acts on what they've maybe all known all along but didn't have a way to uh express or understand and they uh, you know we get like a kind of prosaic long sequence of them doing the thing and and you just get to to get some resolution without words um and so like at this part where he's like walking through the forest and it's like very it's described very poetically and and it's very um very uh uh, flowery i was like oh this is nice i like this Mm. until i thought about it for exactly one microsecond and was like hey this is entirely unearned um because for one there's no reason for him to suddenly understand or know anything about this doe or his life or faith here and then second of all it keeps telling me about how sexy and cute the doe is and that was (laughs) very distracting (laughs) It's got such long lashes. Oh, it's got sexy long lashes, and it's very beautiful. I was like, what the fuck is that? Is this J.K. Rowling's persona? What's going on here? D- did you picture it like a My Little Pony? Because I did. Oh, I-, I didn't until it said it had long eyelashes, and I was like, oh, okay, all right. That's how you know it's a girl pony. Is it's got that little snout and the big long lashes. <laughs> it's got makeup built into the eyes. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. The Yeah, it was very weird. I... Um, but yeah, it, I was almost hoodwinked. I was like, I started reading this in the first few pages. I was like, okay, all right, I'm into this. And then, no, uh, it all it all falls apart quite quickly. I've never been tricked in my life, <laughs> and the reason I wasn't tricked here is because it feels like there's a middle part missing. Because Harry just had oh, yeah. his like chop suey AMV of him losing mm-hmm. his faith last chapter, and like yep. that, it's like oh. Uh oh, what's yeah. going to happen now that Harry is turned away from the light? But then the first thing he sees that is shiny, he's like, <laughs> "Oh, I will. I'm going to put my complete faith in this thing." Yeah, no, like, like that's that's exactly what I mean. It's like as soon as you think about it, it's like, "Oh, this is this is utterly meaningless." Like the I'm trying to think of like good pop media examples of this kind of thing done right. Mm. And I realized that I think my go-to example here would be the end of the first Matrix movie when like when when Neo's getting his shit kicked in, but then he like sees the code and then all of a sudden he just like blocks he blocks all the attacks. Yeah. And like this that's one of those scenes, right? It's like it's a very it's a little micro story, but it is it is like the character realizes something, but the reason that works is because people have been trying to tell him that the entire movie, right? Mm-hmm. And like, he's been struggling with it the entire movie. And whereas here it's like Harry, the inciting incident for the story happened one chapter ago. And then there's no, there is no middle part where people try to tell him or he is faced with any sort of like choice to make one way or the other about it. And then it's just resolved here. Like, like you say, like there's just a middle part missing. Yeah, I mean, like, his whole his whole thing through all of these books has been unwavering faith in Dumbledore. Yeah. Unwavering faith that stuff is just going to work out, right? Yeah. And then something bad happened, and he's like, enough. 
enough of that. <laughs> I, I'm not, I, the, nothing is going to work out. I am right. not, I am not loved. There is no plan. Um, so <laughs> what, why did, why, what, what made him forget about that? He didn't face any any consequences. He didn't get the shit beat out of him because he because he didn't have faith anymore. He right. just immediately had faith again at the first thing he saw. I am really struck in a way that I wasn't when I first read it at how feminine this creature is. Oh yes, it's. I mean, I like the I like the long. We made the joke about the long lashes, but like all of it is very horny in a weird yeah, way. That is, it is, it is. Um. It's a deer. It's for one it's a deer and it's extra distressing that it is supposed to be like the avatar of his mom and he like sees it he sees it and he's like, "Oh, this is a sexy fucking deer, huh?" Um and then triple unsettling that it is like Snape's manifestation of his desire for his mom. So it's like multiple layers deep and kind of weird here. Yeah, I don't know about this horny deer stuff. I also just don't... I mean, it's... I, I feel like it is worth pointing out just because of J.K. Rowling's fucking batshit stuff these days, but I'm, like, I'm thinking about, like, deer. And, like, even Ron Point, like, says, like, oh, yeah, it doesn't have antlers, so it's a doe, not a... Not, not a, a stag. stag, yeah. But I don't think, like, like lady deers, like, look specifically more than than than, than boy deer, the, uh, they're just the, deer. <laughs> the illustration, by the way, in my enhanced edition, very, very horny, or like very. It's got, it's got, it's got some very, very feminine eyes that they've they've given it. Yeah, it's sort of the like, um, uh, dogs are male, cats are female thing <laughs> going on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are yeah, deers are girls, uh, and stags or boys um yeah it is it is it, there's multiple levels on which this whole deer thing is weird even even if the um the voice thing didn't pan out uh it it's it's just a it, it is it is a very strange thing for harry to be struck by i think harry is never um <laughs> i don't think harry has ever really been one for like being uh mesmerized by the beauties of the natural world kind of guy <laughs> like we've joked about it a lot that harry like assimilates into the wizarding world and just gets like bored of magic and just accepts that as is as like mostly like halfway through book one like he's already like bored of doing homework for charms and whatnot so to like have him see this deer and I guess just because it's his mom is the real answer, but just to, 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 to like get out of the tent and see this deer and immediately just know in his heart of hearts that like, yes, I have to walk away from Hermione while she's sleeping right now. Um, leave her all alone. No watch anymore in the tent because I know that it is right to follow this deer. I just feel like Harry, even at his happiest, is a little more cynical than that. I mean, he's also not at his happiest. He just had, like, <laughs> I, 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 it's bizarre. I also am very tempted to go and get my Prisoner of Azkaban copy because 
I, I like I know what's happening here, which is that this is like a symbol of divine motherhood. Yeah. Um, for J.K. Rowling writing this weird perspective for Harry to have, I, I do, the stag was never gendered in this way. I think I th- I think that the recurring. Um, description of the doe and Harry's internal thoughts about it being like, I have to follow her and not mm-hmm. I have to follow it. Yeah. Is we- uh, is weird. Yeah, I don't, well, I mean, certainly even if, even if the stag is gendered as he in, uh, in, uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, I'm pretty sure it is just like it, because it's like it is the Patronus. Yeah, the it, pat- it is an object, right? Patronuses, Patronuses are not characterized in, uh, prisoner of azkaban that's that's a recent thing i i just have the feeling by by this passage feeling very odd that harry when he sees animals i don't other than hedwig who is a character i don't think that he like i think that he would say those blasted scroots are it he yeah. looked at like the unicorn is an it yeah nagini I don't know, it just, it's odd nagini gets gendered um because she's an evil snake lady right um also even if even if we go back and the the stag is absolutely like oh he he saw mr stag chase away the dementors i don't think it said like the fucking ripped and handsome (laughs) stag turned his manly chin back to harry and said what's up dude like you know like that that's certainly not in there so yeah i i guess i i like I, whether or not it, any Harry ever refers to animals technically by gendered pronouns, it is more the quality of the writing that exactly, is so yeah. bizarre and his odd reaction to encountering the sacred feminine out in the, she out was in the forest be- of Dean. She was a being of light and left no footprints in the snow and her eyes are so beautiful and big lashed. Ooh, and her beautiful face turned around. Yeah, it's very, it's very, it's dripping in the in this like divine feminine presentation yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. I I am also bothered by this is the other part. This is like the first thing I thought of when I realized when I realized I had been tricked by mm-hmm. this first section. Yeah. Um, which is like, it's fu- it's funny to bring up prisoner of azkaban in relation to this Mm -hmm. because my immediate thought was that like if this was the payoff that jk rowling wanted was for harry to realize that he needs to follow the dough he needs to not follow it first god i wish honestly like it's so easy to have him go no walk away have it be persistent i exactly have it as like a parallel to the grim from book three where he keeps on seeing this doe off in the distance or so or like this doe is like standing outside his tent every night like have it have it be a recurring image for him to reject right Mm -hmm. because at least then it's a story about him realizing that he's doing something wrong right like that feels easy and i think it would make i I, like i i think that like one or two chapters even of just this recurring eerie image of this like doe watching over him right would i think like 500 percent improve this sequence if this if if there was just some sense that like oh the character has changed in some regard and is now making a different choice but we never see him make any 
different choices here. I mean, that's why it's not a it's it's not a payoff because nothing right nothing happened. It's it is it is so frustrating to feel like there's going to be some consequences to Harry having this realization about Dumbledore and then having nothing happen. I I really I really think that if he had seen the dough and had said to Hermione. It's a. It's probably a Death Eater's Patronus. I'm not getting tricked again. I'm yeah. not having what happened to us with the snake happen again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like at least, and that that would also at least like take advantage of some of the new stuff that we know Patronuses can do in this book, right? Like, if Hermione's like, oh, what if it's what if it's news about the Order? What if it's news about you know Ron or something? And Harry's like, I don't want to fucking hear about Ron. Right. Or vice versa, if, if if you know, just anything to make us question: Hey, what is what is this creature? Who is it? What does it want? And is Harry going to take the leap of faith mm. to accept it? Right, and like that, we just there's he he sees it and immediately goes, "That deer is so fucking hot. I'm gonna follow it." I'm, <laughs> like it's so stupid. I, I just, I, and like the parallel that it draws to the Resident Evil chapter, uh, the way he is behaving is exactly the same. Yeah. And he doesn't question it. when he I mean, it is very explicit in the text. He looks at it and says, I feel good about this. I know this is what mm-hmm. I'm supposed to do. There's no doubt whatsoever. Yeah. It is, it is like, it honestly makes the Resident Evil chapter feel like even more of an aberration, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, oh, this was the one chapter where we got a glimpse of, like, the story firing on all cylinders, the gears are all turning, Harry, like, earnestly, the thing with that chapter, the thing that makes that chapter so good, I think, is, like, Honestly, it, it the 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 chapter after it being so bad makes the first chapter better because Harry has every reason to come away from that chapter where he was just acting like Dumbledore and just walking into everything blindly. Mm-hmm. He has every reason to go. Actually, that guy's fucking bullshit, right? Yeah. Uh, and and like nothing has changed at all for him to go like oh maybe maybe i should still place my faith in 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 unknowns uh it is it's more than just like the middle's missing honestly it's more like like i don't know what the theme actually is supposed to even be right because because the exploration of blind faith in the the goddard's hollow chapter is not only just like better and more interesting, but it's also like more fleshed out. Like that that gauntlet Harry runs through of behaviors mm-hmm. is so clearly a Dumbledore parallel. Yeah, it's like this. It's like you know how this is referencing some common room stuff, but you know how like we've been we've been if 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 you're listening and, and haven't been listening to the the bonus episodes, we've been playing the visual novel series Higurashi, and I've been talking about that stuff on there. Um, but specifically one of the things I find fascinating about that series is that it is willing to interrogate its own themes and kind of push them to the limit. Yeah. Um, and the chapter I just finished was basically like entirely that of just like pushing its like themes to the logical extreme and questioning them and like kind of inverting all of the questions that it has, it is asking 
and trying to make you think about. Mm -hmm. And I think it's great when stories do that. Mm -hmm. But here it sure feels like she wrote one chapter that like, uh, kind of interrogated her own like theme here of like, Oh, should, you know, should Harry, uh, uh, have faith in Dumbledore. And the problem is it's just too good because the answer is no, he shouldn't. It causes nothing but pain for him and everyone around him. And there's no resolution to that really other than like, Oh, but actually it's good. It's right. just one, it's just one time that it, that it was bad. Um, it's like, I mean, yeah, that is what it is, right? It's just like, he he felt that that was the right thing. He was wrong that time, but this time he's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 Harry Harry should be very very cautious about jumping headfirst into stuff now. Cuz it just gets him in trouble, it gets his friends hurt, and the the story has no counterpoint for that. Like normally, you know, like like normally in a story that like does that like self interrogation, it usually still comes out the other end with uh, an answer in you know as to why it is returning to the status quo. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I guess I think the easiest answer, to, uh, easiest recent thing to point to is like Last Jedi. Right. Last Jedi spends its whole two th- first two thirds like questioning star wars interrogating Mm -hmm. star wars and then at the end it says oh but star wars still whips ass actually so we're gonna keep doing this (laughs) and like that's fine you know like i think there's more to interrogate there but like that you know it's still a star wars movie it is still ultimately coming around to like okay well but we still gotta have jedi because laser swords are cool so there you go Mm -hmm. um whereas this is like the coolest chapter in the book is like Damn, maybe Dumbledore sucks. And there's no point where the story manages to like rally around, you know, like it like for as 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 more I think that last year I could do to explore that idea, it still fucking whips ass up and down the street when Luke Skywalker owns uh Kylo Ren, right? Mm-hmm. Like good ass scene. Um there's no scene like that in this where like where like we remember that like oh wait, Dumbledore is cool. There's there's no like there's nothing in between that like has any sort of restorative uh, ability to the audience to be like, oh yeah, no, Dumbledore is good. Harry po- Harry should uh, have faith in random shit. Oh, Harry <laughs> Harry is smart and uh, 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 you know critical enough to uh, place his his uh, faith in the right things. Like, there's n- n- <laughs> that scene is missing. So it's just like, I'm just left thinking like, hang on, wait a minute. But we just, the, the best thing the story has done is tell me that Dumbledore does suck. So, shrug? I, I was like, when this chapter first started and he put his faith in the dough, I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> but, but I do understand what's happening here with Harry putting his faith in his mom or a sign of his mom Mm -hmm. versus Dumbledore. Right. Yeah. So I was like, okay, whatever. Like I'll, I'll take it. Um, but I can't do that when Harry sees the sword and immediately is like, oh, but Dumbledore taught me this. So it is important. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Cause it all hinges on thing Dumbledore said, and he's just accepted it blindly once again. And it all works out. It's, maddening i like 
What happened? What happened here? I have. Is this the characters taking a backseat to the allegory again? Did yes. she forget that she? <laughs> did she forget that she wrote the Resident Evil chapter? Did she for... <laughs> did the did the Crisis of Faith chapter get inserted later? Was she in a bad mood when she wrote that chapter? In a good mood when she wrote this one? I mean, I, don't, I here's here's the thing. I I think uh, uh, this is my new theory. Uh-huh. This is and this runs contrary to a theory I floated in the past. Okay, I think this was the first chapter that was written. Ooh, because this feels so much. You know, a lot of authors start at the ending, right? And like they envi- they 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 envision the big, beautiful moment where everything comes together, and then work backwards to get everything there. Sure. A lot. Of, that's that's a common creative process for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think that is exactly what this is because this has the cadence, the atmosphere, the I mean, honestly, the epic length <laughs> of a climax. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is like twice as long as most chapters in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it, but it 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 just has the the like. The je ne sais quoi uh, of, uh, of, uh, of, like, this is the end. This is the culmination of my story. This is where all the themes come together. I I woke up, bolted up right at night with this vision in my head of Harry following this deer through the woods to the, to the cross. And that is how my story ends. And, like, it just sometimes... A story can get there when you work backwards, and then sometimes it just ends up being like, well, I'm sure this makes sense to you, right? But like, like, to me, the reader who doesn't have access to your, like, you know, infinite thoughts about your story, this is lacking everything that would make it poignant, you know? There's some stuff I like, in theory, yeah. Like I I do like the um the returning to Harry being helped by a patronus but this time it being his mom. Like yeah. I think that's a nice idea. A- and you're right. Like I I can see that as like this big thematic vision. Mm-hmm. But you have to figure out how you're getting there and and yeah. the way we got here and the mechanics of what's happening I think are really unsatisfying. Yeah, it's um it just doesn't have any anything to back it up. This the story has not delivered Harry to this moment. The the moment has just arrived for Harry. Like the doe literally like walks up to the tent, right? Like it's not it's not that Harry seeks something out and makes a discovery. It's that like the the plot has just like the plot like your your Uber driver is here, DoorDash is here. I've got your plot. Like that is basically what happens here yeah and i mean like i can say that i think that i like it thematically but i almost like the promise of it thematically and i can like throw stuff at the wall yeah and make it make sense like i can say stuff like oh it's the divine feminine it's the divine motherhood oh it's the parallel with harry like harry cast the patronus and it was his dad but here's the yeah. patronus that is his mom that's here like <laughs> that that stuff is easy to pull out of a hat but uh-huh. it doesn't actually fit into the story that's being it doesn't, told, right, right? It doesn't mean these these are all symbols that mean things in a broad christian 
like media sense. Mm-hmm. They are not things that mean anything to the characters in the in the story. Right. The the silver cro- the the sword being described as a great silver cross. <laughs> I laugh. I laughed. When is I got to that. so fucking funny. Harry be like, oh, a cross? No, oh, a, a sword. Ah, because uh, like that that is that is like the exact same weird thing as the um the grave that he makes for Moody, right? Where it's like this is a this doesn't mean anything to Harry as far as I know. <laughs> like, also, I can't help but notice that the cro- the sword, the other meaning that we are going to derive from it in the future is that it's goblin made. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, boy, I had not even fucking considered that. I mean, I, I again, like, literally every single object of meaning in this story, especially in book seven, is just getting, like, a new thing tacked on. So it's, like, yeah. impossible. But so it's just, like, I, I think it could easily arrive there just at, like, throwing darts at the wall. But, I mean, come on. Come on. Holy fuck, the goblin is going to betray Harry Potter to get the cross back. Come on. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. As the as the yes. sw- as the swear, not the not the person. Right, yeah. <laughs> but also the person. Oh, fuck. It works that both is, ways. It works both ways. That is um wow. Yeah, I had not I had not put that together. Hachi machi. So then Harry is like Oh, this is the other thing. I I think I think the cross being the symbol at the end of this path is <laughs> funny, very very funny. <laughs> um, but I think the part that like truly broke me out of the days of like enjoying <laughs> the like oh I I like a good dreamlike chapter and I like the scene in stories where characters like you know realize everything. Yeah. To me, it was the part where he realizes the sword. And then he looks down, and keep in mind, we have gone through, like, a dozen pages of very figurative language. Yep. And then he goes, how is this possible? How could it, how could it have come to be lying in a forest pool this close to where they were camping? Had someone, a son, had some unknown magic drawn Hermione to the spot, or was the doe, which had he had taken to be a Patronus, some kind of guardian of the pool? Or had the sword been put in the pool after they arrived, precisely because they were here? In which case, where was the person who wanted to pass it to Harry? Like, he just, like, in where's case the, Where's the Death Note music? <laughs> yeah, just, like... Just just listing off all of the questions that the reader absolutely is is thinking right now. It, it, nothing nothing will will take you out of a daze, uh, <laughs> like a beautiful dreamlike daze, than just being asked all of the questions like a pop quiz. Like, hey, are you paying attention to the book you're reading? <laughs> no, I, I'd stop paying attention, to be honest. <laughs> That's fair. Entirely fair. Um, and, like, this is where... This is where like all of my goodwill to this chapter ends, mm. because like I like you know for as for as much as I I, I dislike everything about it, I was I was still at least at this, at this point like huh I kind of like this vibe right like I like this this mood for this chapter, but as soon as Harry starts doing the detective work on how to get the sword out of the pool, I was like oh right this is fucking Deathly Hallows this is going to be a roller coaster yeah. It's really weird because I think that it wants to have it both ways because it wants us to believe that he knows deep in his heart of hearts that he has to jump in the water. Yeah. 
But then why would he try to Accio it in the first place? We we have so many. We've learned so much magic in this book about underwater breathing, about moving stuff, about making fire and heat. Like, there are so many things he could try mm-hmm. before re- realizing that it's a baptism metaphor. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, it is. It is. It's too bad. Yeah, I think I think the number of things in this chapter, like, because I think there's, like, three moments where he it gets very internal and is like, I know and feel what is the right thing to do, is really frustrating. The whole thing with this story right now is supposed to be that, like, none of these characters know what to do. Mm-hmm. And for him to just know what to do here, because he, because the metaphor needs to happen, it's just like... He just knows what to do. He knows and feels the right thing to do. Dumbledore told him that you have to be brave to get the sword, so he just knows and feels that he has to jump in and get the sword. That's yeah. it. That's it. That's all there is to it. He know he he knows how metaphors work, and so he has to he has to do it. Um, let's talk before he jumps in. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about Hermione. Yeah. Um, before we get back to her, because obviously we, we we will return to her. She will appear as an actual character in this chapter, but like she's on Harry's mind uh, before all this. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, uh, she has been left back at the tent that he is supposed to be watching over um, to go and do this very brave thing of jumping in a lake to get a sword. Um, and then also he has some thoughts about chivalry in this part. This is very bonkers to me. <laughs> uh this whole this whole sequence is very very odd i i don't like these gender dynamics this book no not at all like i liked when they were all just kids hanging out and being friends and not and not harry having these weird thoughts about chivalry all of a sudden what's very it's very weird here and i think that it kind of is extremely revealing um of what J.K. Rowling thinks, because chivalry, when Dumbledore is like talking about like you know who the Gryffindor sword appears to, mm-hmm. chivalry doesn't mean like you know being nice to dead girls. Uh, in this context, chivalry means like being a knight, right? Like like uh, uh, yeah, upholding it's a, it's a fucking sword. Yeah, it's a fucking sword. It's it's upholding your duty to the king and the people that you've, that, you know, or whatever. Which is, I mean, in and of itself, a very funny concept because that's not really what knights were either. But, like, that is the that is the whimsical fantasy concept that is being talked about here. Is, is, he's right. chivalrous, upstanding. He is brave and, and uh, puts himself before others. And Harry is thinking, like, damn, chivalry is when I'm nice to girls. <laughs> Which is, like, so, like I said, just very revealing of how J.K. Rowling is approaching the story. I think maybe it's sort of a joke. I, I think the thing I just am really stuck on is that Harry is, like, just putting his faith in that. I want him to question stuff. Yeah. But he's just doubling down. He, for someone who spent an entire chapter being so down in the dumps about his faith that he like scared Hermione shitless. He sure doesn't have any questions anymore. Because and maybe, maybe it could be a story about that, but it's not, you know, <laughs> it's not a story about someone that doubles down and refuses to question his beliefs. He's being, right. real, it's what a mess. 
He's not even being rewarded for having faith. No. Because he didn't, He at this point, he shouldn't have any. It's so, on, from zero angles does this make sense. There is no, there is no, um, I, God, yeah, there's, there's, there is no version of, like, Christian metaphor that actually makes this chapter make sense. Yeah. And Hermione, I just, it sucks that she's just, like, asleep in the tent. Like, why, why couldn't she be involved in this? This is Ron's conflict resolution. Yeah, that's really the point. It's the only reason for Hermione not to be here, I guess, is because Ron and Harry need to have a heart-to-heart about who gets to date her. Yeah. Um, Because there's no reason that Harry could not have woken Hermione up, had them both follow the dough, then have Ron show up and have the argument that Ron and Hermione have happen outside the tent, right? Like, there's there's no reason for that not to be the order of events, other than we need to have Ron uh, see the sexy hologram uh, away from Hermione when that happens. But it's, it's just such a bummer that, like, she's... Like, when I was talking about how, like, this feels like a climax of the mm-hmm. story, right? It's, it's a bummer that it has that feeling... And it clearly is meant to be a very pivotal moment for the story and these characters. And only Ron and Harry get to be a part of it. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense for Harry to go on the dream the dream walk with the doe alone. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. Her- Hermione, Hermione is just, uh, she's not a character and she is like <laughs> disrespected. You yeah, know, like she, I mean, it would be better if she had like died at the end of the last book. I don't know what she's doing here, <laughs> other yeah. than to be, I don't know, avatar of woman. Yeah, yeah. Does Harry not know any spells? Harry doesn't know any spells. I, fr- this is a, this is a stupid thing, and I hate to nitpick, but I, it has been driving me crazy that um, like they're roughing it again, and just like the fish thing, just like the like they can't find food. It's like you're wizards; like your power is immense. I thought that's what the story was about. Mm-hmm. Are you tell- and, and like the tent thing too, like the wonder of the tent when it was introduced in Goblet of Fire is that it's a it's like a condo in there right like you go in and there's a full kitchen and there's like it is it is like kitted out as if you brought your apartment with you to the campsite that's the that's the magic right they don't have a heater hermione doesn't know a spell to heat up the tent yeah she's just using the blue flame in a jar i guess that she she used to give snape hot foot like that's the best they can do i guess i just i just really i don't get it like I, uh, there, a book can be about survival, right? Yeah. I'm not. I'm not opposed to that. I'm not opposed no. to the struggle, but it feels like it is, um, like ignoring the book that it's in. Yeah, they're roughing it for no real reason. That the, the, the like, yeah, the the entire like joke of the tent, or not even the joke, like, just like the the the, the, fun, the fun part of the tent was it's like. Wow, even even like a strapped for cash family like the Weasleys, their tent is like a house, right? Because right? magic provides for them, uh, and like that's fun and cute, kind of. And like so much of that chapter, uh, like in Goblet of Fire, like the humor came from 
like Arthur Weasley being like, oh, well, you know, it's it's a hand me down and like the furniture's not great because it's kind of old and cheap. And Harry's like, damn, there's a whole ass house in this tent. Right. Like that, like the that that was a moment where Harry did have a sense of appreciation for magic that the people who live there didn't. Right. Where we're, you know, they're the, this family was like, like, ah, this is kind of a rickety old thing. And Harry's like, holy fuck, it's a condo in here. Um but that's been forgotten entirely and now and now they're having such a hard life on the road and like a fucking like rv <laughs> like it's it's I, I don't know like it's it's very everything has to squash and stretch to fit whatever we're supposed to be feeling and nothing is ever used to contrast or enhance or explore those feelings or what they would be like you know like I I think it's entirely valid and probably pretty interesting to envision a like, you know, wizard survival story where like, I don't know, you can tell so many stories of that. Like, I don't know, they're in, they're still in like the lap of luxury com- comfort wise. Like mm-hmm. they have heating and they have a like magical moving apartment, but like they're still on the run and feeling oppressed and have nowhere to go and don't know what to do. Like that's Mm -hmm. still an interesting story, right? It doesn't have to like, we don't have to pretend that the tent isn't cool anymore. I don't know. It's, it's, it's very odd. It's very odd. I guess it's just not fun. And then when Harry jumps into the, to the frozen pond and I'm just like, We've seen characters cast spells that make you happy or make you warm again or <laughs> right. make the room clean automatically. And you're telling me that you have to jump into a frozen lake without doing any. Like, I just don't buy it. What I also think that if this if this really has to be the corny baptism metaphor. Yeah. I feel like there should be. And like, this is. This this is a missed opportunity, I think, that's, that stretches beyond this chapter and just goes to, like, the themes of the book in general and the series as a whole. But, like, I could completely buy this, this like, challenge that Harry has to face mm-hmm. if it was a, like, recurring theme in this story that, like, you have to do this stuff without magic. And as, like, some sort of, like commentary on like how wizards like rely on magic or how they look down on muggles for not having it right like there are so many angles that you can approach this from of like there's a reason for harry to do this without any magical help right Mm -hmm. um you know maybe that is part of the challenge maybe that is part of the 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 chivalrous bravery he has to show for like by getting the sword or whatever um but that's not really clear and i think that it is ultimately not a theme that is ever truly explored like the differences between wizards and and muggles or like the difference between magic and non-magic about how easy or they have it with magic or how uh, hard they still feel they have it with magic you know like it's it's there there are many ways that you can arrange these pieces to tell an interesting story but like it chooses none of them (laughs) I mean, I, I think it's like the story has been telling us the opposite this whole time. I mean, most characters that I think we're supposed to listen to say things like, "Aren't don't you know you're a wizard? Remember that you're a wizard, Harry? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's definitely not fully realized if it's trying to be a theme. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's just not clear. It's not there. 
Um, but it's a good thing that when the Horcrux tries to choke him, that Ron Ron appears mm-hmm. uh, to help him pull him out of the baptism tank. Yeah. Um, what's what's going on, Ron? What's going on with Ron? He's just chilling. He Ron is just chilling, honestly. <laughs> he yanks Harry out of the thing. I will say there is a there is a brief flicker of of fun in this when the um the like very purple prose this chapter has been using is sort of broken with Ron going like, "Are you fucking crazy? Are you mental? Like, what are you what are you fucking doing?" Like, I thought that was kind of cute. Yeah, um, it's it's a good change, and and like honestly, I I sort of like it. It feels like it's making fun of itself a little bit when, yeah. when Ron points out the um, uh, Patronus and thinks it's Harry's, and Harry's like, "No, it's obviously not mine. Mine isn't that. Isn't like a hot girl." And he's like, "Oh, it's a deer, right?" <laughs> like it's sort of it's weirdly reflexive about that stuff. Yeah, yeah. That 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 the initial reappearance of Ron is very sweet, mm-hmm. and it immediately manages to go off the rails as soon as they, they like do the Horcrux destroying plan. <laughs> and similar to the dream with the, like the dreamlike quality of the dough part, mm-hmm. the Horcrux scene is almost so cool. Um, yeah. Which is, I love, even though it's, it's fucking ridiculous and dumb. And just another example of how poorly thought out this chapter is when Harry is just like, Oh, I just know that I have to tell, speak to it in parcel tongue i suddenly realized it at this I, I very suddenly important realized moment. To just because i have to get the story moving i i have to do this but when he opens the locket and it's described as like there's two pairs of eye or there's a pair of eyes in each part window of the locket <laughs> that are like vibrating That's sick it's so spooky um and like that imagery is cool and just like like him yelling at ron to do it and ron hesitating like if it was just that it's fucking cool like it it, it would be great um but as soon as the horcrux starts speaking uh and we get this excruciatingly long scene of of it belittling ron (laughs) it's so so silly it's really 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 funny I guess, like, what literally happens is that, like, it starts telling Ron that, like, his family doesn't want him. They wanted a girl instead of him, and that's why his parents don't like him very much. And then it makes, like, Phantom Harry and Hermione's, except Hermione is hotter. (laughs) And she's like, I wouldn't ever want to have sex with you. Why would I do that when I could fuck the chosen one it doesn't say that but it's basically saying that and i'm like it feels like the stakes of what it's saying are so nothing compared to like (laughs) what's happened like it's just like is that voldemort's best move is that he tells like a random 16 year old that he's a simp (laughs) it's pathetic it is it is voldemort messaging ron on xbox live and being like hey you're just mad because i'll be able to do something with my fucking guitar and hands that you'll never be able to achieve in your entire life kid so yeah you're gay why does that work why does this work on him it's that is the whole scene it is it is I think it is not, I mean, like, it's not just shitty. Like, there are a lot of ways that this is shitty, right? Like, it's, for one thing, I think, like, first and foremost, it is very shitty to Hermione. Yeah. But I also think it's 
like shitty to Ron because as as we talked about a few weeks ago in the chapter where he did leave, his complaints were not really all that off base. Sure. And also he like his main problem with with the situation and the reason he left was that, like, he thought that Harry didn't know what he was fucking doing, and he was worried about his family. Yeah. Which is a completely reasonable thing for Ron to be feeling. Uh-huh. So why is Voldemort's move here, hey, you fucking simp, I'm, uh, uh, Harry walks up to your girl in the club and slaps her ass, what do you do? <laughs> Why is it not like, hey, I made a sick hologram of Arthur Weasley getting impaled by a big sword or something, you know? Like, like I feel like that would probably be a lot more dramatic, both for the story, but also, like, for Ron. It just it, feels kind of shitty to Ron to be like, oh, Ron's, mot- like, core motivation deep down is, like, like, teenage romance. Yeah, this is sort of, like, back to the Horcrux and, like, the it not feeling like they're like the scale is matching up with the stakes of what's happening like it yeah. reminds me of when we were talking about like what if when they wore the horcrux they like did the exorcist thing <laughs> and it sort of feels like the horcrux should maybe be more like that yeah and more like actually scary and being like hey ron if you if you destroy me i'm gonna kill your whole family like you know, I'm I am going to ruin your life. What so. if Ron also had to take a leap of faith? What if the Horcrux said, "If you press this button, I will die, but also your family will." Right. You know, and and Ron has to like believe that's a lie. Yeah. To, to like stab it or something. There's so many ways to like build stakes for this scene that go beyond like what if what if I made a sexy hologram of your girlfriend and it kissed another guy? Ah! Like it's <laughs> <laughs> it is just n- nonsense. It's nothing. It's like uh, I I love a good teenage drama, mm-hmm. but like. It, the scale needs to match the story. And I think we're well beyond that being like the most important part of the story. I just, I think that it's not unreasonable for those things to be a part of Ron's character here. Yeah. Obviously, he feels those things. Obviously, he feels like um, not appreciated enough by his family, mm-hmm. not appreciated enough by the world, feels like an inferiority complex with his like friend group and his girlfriend mm-hmm. and all that stuff. That's not weird. I understand that as a, as like a, a wrinkle in his character. Yeah. And the like stuff that he's going through. Absolutely. Whatever. That's fine. It is not very threatening to have the Horcrux like read his diary out loud. And in <laughs> fact, I think his reaction is like the opposite of what a person would have in that scenario. He already knows he thinks that stuff, right? Yeah. This isn't a surprise. It's not like, even that shocking. Like, I don't, I, like, I understand teenagers very volatile and really all people in relationships and feeling like threatened by other people or jealous mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
I just think that if all of a sudden, like, a thing that you're trying to destroy started reading your diary out loud in front of your friend about stuff that you already know, you'd probably <laughs> just destroy it faster. Like, that's yeah. not, like, tell me it's, more. Yeah, it's so weird that Ron does the, like, the, like, Empire Strikes Back, like, that's not true, that's impossible thing, where it's like... He already knows, he knows that he's jealous. Yeah, it's, it's like a scene out of Persona, except in Persona, the reason that those, like, evil characters are saying, like, ah, these are all your fucked up thoughts is because the other other person's in denial like the, the, ron's not in denial about this stuff he even says before it happens like i i already think these things it just makes them worse yeah yeah it's it's just it's a it's a very baffling scene um succubus hermione is maybe the stupidest image uh in this entire series and specifically the description that she was like more beautiful, but also more terrible, or whatever is... Hmm. I... This is a, a thing that comes up and has come up from since, like, the very first book of, like, you can't be too hot, you know? And yeah, this is just, yep. like, the most, like, Hermione was a lot hotter, but also bad. Um, I hate to do this. I hate uh -huh. to bring this up again. Sure. But it's, it's unavoidable. Yeah. This is also uh... Uh, Lord of the Rings poisoning. Mm. This is the scene in the <laughs> movie version of Fellowship of the Ring uh, where Galadriel takes Frodo to the to like the reflection pool and shows him what would happen if uh, he gave her the ring and becomes like the spooky hologram version of herself. Ooh. And there's a and and like, I'm going somewhere with this. Because not only is, does it take place in a forest, and and they're looking at you know an evil artifact and talking about what it will do if they if they let it control them, you will give me the ring freely in place of the Dark Lord. You will set up a queen, and I shall not be dark, but beautiful and terrible as the morning and the night. Oh no! It's the same Oops. fucking scene. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Lord of the Rings was on HBO when she wrote this book. That's that is that I've it is so clear in my mind. She should have taken a Harry Potter break. <laughs> if she wasn't interested in writing a Harry Potter book. <laughs> that's that's what I think. <laughs> I know people would have been really mad and be like, where's Harry <laughs> Potter? But yeah. uh, that's kind of what you get to do if you're yeah. the author, is you get to be like, I don't, I don't really want to right now. George R. R. Martin can get around to Winds of Winter whenever he feels like it. As much yeah. as, as much as that might annoy me. Whatever, it is. Joe, you could you could take a take a few years off if you really needed to. Or maybe maybe she could have just stopped altogether and wouldn't, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't have to deal with her being the cultural icon she is. Yeah. Uh, becoming becoming this monster. But But yeah, the... That scene, that Horcrux hologram scene is like, it is so clear in my mind that she saw the Galadriel scene in that, on that movie and was like, oh, damn, beautiful and terrible. That's a great line. It sucks. It sucks. Bad scene. Um, even Made even worse by when it ends and Harry like comforts Ron. He's like, oh, dude, that's cool. Oh, you can have her. Yeah, you can have, you can fuck her. I don't care. <laughs> like, what the? Just really vile uh, uh, bro bonding moment here. Just doing some chivalry. Doing some chivalry. Yeah, you can <laughs> have her. You can have her. I don't care. 
<laughs> she's mine. She's mine to give to you. <laughs> really fucking weird. Um, Harry's behavior. I mean, in that in that sequence is very bad, but it it just gets worse when he just like brings Ron back to the tent and like wakes her up to be like, "Hey, guess who? Guess like, who's here? Guess who? I this is this is like." This is the hardest this book has ever been to read, I think, is this argument between uh, uh, Ron and Hermione in the tent, mm-hmm. um, because it is so, so depressing um, as someone who really liked Hermione in the first few books, um, and to see what became of her character as the books progressed, and to have it all culminate here in this scene that is, you know, meant to be very important and pivotal. Just really depressing stuff. Yeah, I mean, we don't start off great, which where she physically attacks him. Yeah. Um, and is so out of control and unrelenting in that that they use a shield spell to blast her across the across the room. Yep. Basically. Yep. Wow. Yep. Why? Yeah. It's like already starting off poorly, but the way that this like argument plays out is it's like, it's bad for Hermione Mm -hmm. um, just as a character. It's bad for the themes of the story that have existed up to this point, I think. And also like it similar to how she was written in the previous chapter. It feels like she's a character from a different story. Yeah. And it, it is a really bad matchup, I will say. Mm-hmm. Avoid this matchup. <laughs> I guess I... It's so... It's so mean. Yeah. And, and I know that that's something that, like... um, Something that Harry Potter, throughout its entire run butts up against occasionally, right? Like even in the in the quote unquote good ones mm-hmm. that are mostly fun, sometimes it just edges into mean. And it's yeah. like, uh, this is just a little mean. Mm-hmm. Um so I guess it's just that. Like that 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 really is my takeaway where it is just it is just kind of not fun disrespectful to the characters, disrespectful to the book it's in, I think, disrespectful to the reader, doesn't yeah. really serve any any themes or really any anything that I ever want out of Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, it's just a little depressing. Uh, this whole argument really makes her look like a fool. I think yeah. is the thing is the thing that I I hate the most about it. Um in that uh the language it uses to describe her her argument and her behavior and her like demeanor in this in this fight um make it pretty clear that not only is she on the back foot but is in the wrong. Mm-hmm. Um and like that's a difficult that's a difficult one to like square completely because it's like okay we have talked a, a lot about how the whole Ron conflict doesn't really make much sense because he uh doesn't he, like his departure didn't really do anything right like 
he he left he had fairly reasonable reasons for leaving um he didn't obstruct them and also it's only been like two weeks uh so it's it's it like the the severity of of like what she's mad about if you zoom out and just like try and accept what the story is telling us is what happened um makes this seem weird but the way that hermione is written in the last chapter in this chapter and the like clear trauma that she is like expressing and is like is is guiding her behavior and her like weird fear of harry right in the last chapter Mm -hmm. it is very hard for me to not let that override the other observation right like i do take hermione very seriously because of the way she is being presented here i can't not take it seriously right um this is this is too um uh too heavy of a topic and too heavy of a way to have a character behave for me to ignore, I think. Mm-hmm. And it makes this whole scene, honestly, a little disgusting. Yeah, and it's bizarre because the way it ends up being framed, and I think the way we're supposed to take it, is that she's a stand-in for Mrs. Weasley. This is yep. this is this is Harry and Ron um, having stolen the car in book two yes. and having yep. to face the music. Uh, and Mrs. Wheelsley sending a howler, except this time it's Hermione. Yeah. But also nothing happened, you know? Right. Yep. <laughs> so it really, it, it, it like compounds, it, it, it compounds two really confusing things into a very sad idea, which is that like, Hermione, I take Hermione very seriously in the, in these chapters. But also, the story um, clearly wants me to feel that she is being unreasonable, and the literal events do make it seem that way. Um, and that leaves me no like other option than to like just read it as like, oh, this behavior is always just crazy, mm-hmm. right? And that is so upsetting, I guess. I mean, it's sort of written in a comedic way, right? Like, she... Oh, she's a clown in this scene. Yeah, I mean, the things that happen... I mean, she attacks Ron. It doesn't do anything, right? Like, it is described as she is is punching him repeatedly, won't stop, is bounced across the room like a cartoon with, like, a force field... um, and later yells so loud and so shrilly that they can't understand the words she's saying. Oh, Again, the, like a cartoon. The word choice here is very telling. I mean, so first of all, so there's the there's the bit you mentioned where she gets knocked on her ass, right? Yeah. And the the like the image that it, it conjures up is uh, when she gets back up is that she's spitting hair out of her mouth as she gets gets back up, which is like, haha, she's got a lot of bushy hair, right? Right. So it, it looked funny when she fell over. Uh, then the the verbs that we're getting here uh, screamed. Uh, she looked quite demented. She screeched. Uh, like it is like she is a, a like a villain in this scene, right? Like she is she is just 
looking ridiculous and acting ridiculous and being annoying and being shrill. I mean, like, it literally, that's not us picking that word. The book describes her as being so shrill she was inaudible. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, oh, she laughed a high, high pitched, out of control sound. Uh, it is, yeah, like, like there is, there is zero, uh, guesses as to like who we're supposed to side with in this argument. Her voice was now so shrill only bats would be able to hear it soon. It's mean. It's very mean. It's especially mean, too, because not only is the language obviously loaded, but the thing that is so dark about this argument, and we'll go into the details of it, too, because there's a lot of plot in this fucking argument as well. <laughs> a lot of exposition happening. A lot of exposition happening in this dire argument. Um, but the resolution of this isn't the characters finding common ground or convincing one another that they're in the right or calming down and like hashing it out with calmer heads. No, the thing that wins the argument is Harry and Ron saying enough things that they remember that Hermione has fucked up. So she shuts up like, like it is just a dick measuring contest for like who, who has done the most stuff wrong. And and it's just bullying her into stopping her criticism of Ron here. Like it they're just like playing a playing a like sandbox game of uh of you know who can who can be the most who can have the most aggrievances uh uh about the other person until she finally shuts up about it, which is just so dark and like depressing <laughs> she also didn't do anything like right. i am i am i am going crazy and i'm i really legitimately am wondering if there was a fight that harry and hermione had that was cut out in editing mm. about harry's wand breaking like i i really do wonder if there was a draft where harry like went ballistic and was like you broke my wand you broke the last my last defense against voldemort yeah on and on and on um because otherwise the reactions still don't make sense. Right. It still doesn't make sense to me that she is taking on guilt or upset over that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the way it, that the argument diffuses is Ron mentions that he has a, an extra wand handily. And uh, he says, I figured it would be always be handy to have a backup. You were right, said Harry, holding out his hand. Mine's broken. You're kidding, Ron said. But at that moment, Hermione got to her feet. <laughs> like oh she's like ready to cut this argument off right like it's uh it's uh, she le she she gets up and leaves the argument when that gets brought up and goes to bed and then tells a wacky joke about how she's forgiven him it's uh very dark stuff it's just it's it's bizarre yeah um, so there's all that, but let's talk about the, the interesting lore that we get in this, uh, in this argument, <sighs> okay. which is that Ron, so first of all, Ron fought off like four snatchers, uh, by, uh, getting someone else in trouble. By telling them that he was Stan Shunpike and then <laughs> fighting them, I guess. And then fighting them. And then, uh, 
I guess the Deluminator now works, has a new function that will only appear in this scene and never again. It's like, it's a joke. It's so fucking bad. Again, on top of adding this to my pile of, I don't blame people who thought this was fake. Mm -hmm. When the book leaked a week ahead of time. Yeah. Like, like this is nonsense. The, um, the, 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 the Deluminator. Let me just back up here. Make sure I've got everything right. So the Deluminator puts lights out. Yeah. And it, in fact, it was called the light put outer in the first <laughs> book. Yeah. So it does what it says on the tin. Mm-hmm. Ron gets it from Dumbledore's will mm-hmm. and doesn't know what the fuck to do with it. And the clue that Dumbledore leaves is uh, he hopes that Ron will think of him when he uses it. Okay. Uh, that clue leads absolutely nowhere because the actual answer is the Deluminator... I guess here's Hermione saying Ron's name mm-hmm. and then a little Zelda fairy pops out of it <laughs> and leads Ron to a port key or it, it, no, it has like, it's like a port keyless port key and it like turns him into a port key by zooming inside him and shows them where Hermione is. Mm-hmm. Yep. What the fuck? Like, absolutely no hints, no clues, no precedent for this. Just (laughs) the Deluminator did something very convenient. It's very helpful. And that's like, like, very helpful, very specific. And, and I, and I suppose that I guess the question we are supposed to be left with here is like, damn, how did Dumbledore know? Guess he's an all knowing God figure. Um, but instead, I'm just thinking, why is this book so bad and stupid? And what's wrong with J.K. <laughs> Rowling? Um, also, uh, the way that it's introduced and how Ron starts telling the story is that that he says that he hears Hermione saying his name and something about a wand. <sighs> and in the middle of Hermione's, like, actual, like, mental crisis that she's having like out of control crisis she has a second to get embarrassed because she thinks that maybe she was saying something about his dick yep yep the deluminator sensed the deluminator will sense when hermione gets horny and leads you to her and harry has to be the one like oh yeah i did remember you talking about Ron and something about a wand and so she has to be like relieved like oh good it wasn't the time i was talking about his dick what? Uh. What? <laughs> I think this is the second time it has been made canon that wizards do indeed have slang for penis as being called their wand. Can I just read the full the full passage? Because mm-hmm. it is very funny. Yeah. Uh, what exactly did I say? Asked Hermione, her tone somewhere between skepticism and curiosity. My name, Ron, and you said dot 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 something about a wand dot 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 hermione turned a fiery shade of scarlet harry remembered it had been the first time ron's name had been said aloud by either of them during uh, since the day he left hermione had mentioned it while talking about repairing harry's wand then the next paragraph begins with ron's dialogue so i took it out ron went on (laughs) come on (laughs) 
Oh. Wowee. Um, there's, there's just so much in here. I mean, so like there's that, there's the complete farce of the, of the, how the Deluminator works now. It is not, this is, I, look, I love magic in stories that has no explanation, mm-hmm. but this is, this is a rare case where it's like, it is a thing that has no explanation for a thing that had a very concise explanation up until now. It also um, just happened completely off screen. Yeah. Um, but the... The part that I n- nearly made me throw my like <laughs> tablet across the room mm-hmm. is when he's describing all this, and then Ron says it was like a ball of light, kind of pulsing and bluish, like the light you get around a port key, you know? Yeah, said Harry and Hermione together automatically. It's like I don't know. They don't. We I thought we they specifically did not like that. Was the whole point is that they look like normal objects that would yes. stand out. Yes, the entire point of a port key is that muggles will just look at them and think they're trash. Like, literally the entire conceit that was explained. Like, that is the that is the entire thing that the twist in Goblet of Fire hinges on. Because we're told over and over again that you can't tell if something's a port key. And then he touches the thing. I mean, we've seen that's... so many port keys. Harry's never been like, oh, I know that's the port key because of the bluish light. Oh, there's a emitting. bluish glow around that. The port key. That's never happened. It's never, ever been a part of the port key. The rule of Deathly Hallows is that every magic thing that we are we have to revisit is going to have a new, unrelated function or quality tacked on. Yeah. Yeah. Every single thing. Yeah. It's... it's... <sighs> It's this book is bad. That's that's my my expert analysis. Book sucks. Not very I, good. I really like I know we've been like dunking since probably like book four. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm misremembering. Mm-hmm. And I think that the dunking has like ramped up over time. Sure. Yeah. I think that book seven is special. I think it is far and away the worst book. No question. I there was a there was a period when when you know we were in the earlier books and I was like, I know so little about Deathly Hallows, I wonder if I'll end up liking it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I ever could have predicted disliking it this much on reread. Cause I I was so I had I really had a belief that like a lot of my teenage dislike of this book was like probably going to end up being unreasonable, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, just gonna be like, well, I just had I had different tastes as a kid and I like it, appreciate it now more, and here's why. But I don't I don't I just unless something radically changes in this book, I don't think that's possible. I think this is far and away the worst book in the series like not even close like there's been bad stuff in a lot of the books um but i don't think i think the difference is that like you know we we, like you said there's a lot of meanness in the other books but it's Mm -hmm. kind of spaced out and it's like few and far between but this book is just so unrelentingly cruel Mm -hmm. uh to characters that i cared about at one point and on top of that is a incredibly poorly thought out religious metaphor (laughs) it's like there's no redeeming it at this point 
Like, I thought the heist was kind of cute, I guess. Um, Resident Evil was fun. Mm-hmm. But there's just no... There's there's nothing keeping me uh, to, like, invested in the story. It's just, it's, just, it's just mean event after mean event stringing along between bad religious allegories it's 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 a mess i i fully recognize now why people a thought this book was fake and b didn't like it very much when it came out it's it's only gotten worse over time i think yeah i i like as as hard on the other ones as we were i think that well one i think that the like real nail in the coffin is just not being at hogwarts yeah it it like takes away any kind of baked in structure you know like Like, when you're at hogwarts even if the plot is like meandering and not very well like realized the structure has to stay like it's gonna be christmas it's gonna be the christmas holidays it's going to be there's gonna be the part of my lizard brain that just like enjoys the boarding school story part right right yeah that's gone and a lot of like i think that like we talked about in some of the earlier ones is that it was a lot of missed opportunities, a lot of stuff that felt like it was in the wrong order or like yeah, payoffs yeah. were unearned and like on and on or like, like clumsy character stuff or, uh, and, and things like that. This is just like, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand what's happening. Yeah. yeah. I, sk- I went ahead. I flipped ahead. Cause I was like, I know that we're going to the love goods next. And I was like, how the hell, like what, where, where do they go? And it's literally that Hermione just says, uh, I want to go talk to the Lovegoods because of Symbol. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, there's like no... There is no... And, and like, I, I realize that this is like a... um, Maybe a, a, like, potentially, I don't know, pretentious thing to throw around. And I realize it's also not the only thing that matters in stories, blah, blah, blah. But I'm just going to say it. This book does not have a plot. Um... And lots of good stories don't have a plot. But the thing that is uh, infuriating about it is that the other books, you know, maybe aside from book five and six, where, like, the plot kind of kept on happening with all the characters telling Harry to stop caring about the plot, there was still a plot, right? And this is, like, the characters don't know what to do and are just, bumbling into the things that need to happen. I mean, like, the, the the dough arrived to show Harry where the sword is because there was no other recourse, right? Like, there's they're out of options. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lovegood connection is, s- like, something from, like, chapter five of this book, and it's just been forgotten about. Yeah, because um, he wore a necklace to a wedding. Because <laughs> he wore a necklace to the wedding, and they remembered that it was Grindelwald's symbol because uh, Crumb saw it. Um, Wandlore keeps on floating around in this story as if it's something important that matters. Um, but the thing is, I know that that's because the Elder Wand is like a big symbol in this story and a big MacGuffin, but we don't know what that is yet. We are 20 chapters into this book. And we don't know what the Elder Wand is. So why do why do we care what any of the wand shit is about? Like we have no re- like like there's zero reason to care about the wand plot and the Grindelwald plot and the um uh uh uh, uh Grigorovich stuff. None of that stuff matters right now because we don't know what the Elder Wand is or what it does 
or what it's for. And so the only actual like plot moving the main characters forward in this and not just like leading them into like, you know, cul-de-sacs is the Deathly Hallows symbol, which was first, which was last brought up in, in the wedding chapter. And like, that is unacceptable. You got to rewrite your book if that's where you're at. If like, this book just has no through line. I don't know why the Deathly Hallows are in this book because we have like four Horcruxes to find. Mm-hmm. But the but Voldemort doesn't even know that they're looking for them, and it yeah. seems like it's just a complete afterthought. Yeah, that's the other thing. They destroyed a Horcrux. Harry got like no Horcrux vision for Voldemort or whatever because, as it turns out. We had to look this up because I was like, you know, maybe that's next chapter. But no, Voldemort does not actually know or even suspect that Harry is going after the Horcruxes and never does until the end of the book. The, the, the antagonist and the protagonist are just operating under completely different goals and assumptions in this story. Like Voldemort is a threat insofar as like he tried to do a drive by on Harry during the Seven Potters sequence and he wants to kill Harry Potter. He like tried to get him with his Resident Evil snake. But like it's not because Harry is on the hunt for his Horcruxes. It's just because Voldemort's Voldemort and doesn't like Harry Potter. So like the, the, the nothing is interconnected. That's crazy. I, That's like I unthinkable. Am- I'm just more, like, confused, because Harry can't threaten Voldemort if Voldemort has Horcruxes. Right. So the fact that that wouldn't be Voldemort's priority, or even first thought, is really confusing. Yeah. It's, even if, like, I know that Dumbledore has endeavored to make this a secret mission, and that, and Harry has adamantly followed that that wish to the end, but, like... There's zero reason why Voldemort should not suspect that that's what Harry's doing. It's like, what do we know? They know that Harry is missing. And they know that Harry is on the run. Uh, And, I mean, Voldemort can apparate. He can go check on the cave at any time. Um, They they also know he is on a secret mission. Because Dumbledore left stuff in the will. Clearly yeah. to go on a secret mission, and the Ministry is compromised. Yep. So anything the Ministry knows, Voldemort knows. Yeah, so they know that he has those artifacts that have, like, encoded messages. So, how the fuck is Voldemort's first thought not, oh, fuck, Harry is after me Horcruxes? I just, it's so boring to have an antagonist who doesn't actually care what the protagonist is doing. What's the point? Why are we here? And we get all this stuff about, like, Voldemort looking for the Elder Wand. I mean, we don't know that it's the Elder Wand, but that's what he's doing. And we get the stuff about the Snatchers and, like, the ministry that has fallen and Hogwarts that's evil. Mm-hmm. We're stuck in a fucking tent in the woods. We don't get to see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't get to do anything cool in this book. It's Like, I guess we're going to go to Gringotts eventually. We're going to go talk to Xenophilius Lovegood. I keep on wanting to say xenophobia love good. <laughs> That's the problem I'm having every time I try to say it. But yeah, it's it's like the on top of it being mean and on top of the religious allegory not making any sense and on top of like the order of everything being out of whack. I just there's 
there's no actual conflict between the protagonist and antagonist other than the, the antagonist, like, wants to murder wants him. Wants to get him. Wants to get him. I'm gonna get you, Harry Potter. Yeah, there's there's zero actual stakes here in terms of, like, what you know, what their relationship is. It's so boring. I mean, it feels like the stakes have, like, de-escalated since the first book where it's like <laughs> right. Voldemort is going to find the live forever stone and Harry has to stop him. Yeah. If Voldemort finds, yeah. If Voldemort finds the live forever stone, he will become immortal Hitler forever. Right. Uh, uh, is a much clearer conflict than actually Voldemort already has the forever Hitler stones, but they're more <laughs> like Thanos stones this time. Uh, but he doesn't care if you find them because he doesn't. Also, know. he can't sense. I, I'm very. C- <laughs> I it doesn't. It doesn't matter. <sighs> it's just like I. I don't know why. Cause they are him, right? Yeah. Yep. This is this is stupid. I. I don't. <laughs> I mean, I, it's it's like so. Harry has Harry can sense Voldemort because Harry has a Horcrux. So Horcruxes can sense Voldemort as he exists with a body, but the Voldemort with the body can't sense his other Horcruxes, even though, to my mind, it seems like they would all be equal parts him, because they are his soul. Yeah. And it doesn't Harry, matter. Like, I mean, the, the, I think the thing that would have been the easy out would be like, Harry is a Horcrux is unprecedented because a living thing has never been a horcrux before and so that's why there's like a one way like uh uh like connection to harry's advantage right like i could sort of buy that mm-hmm. however um that doesn't work I, I can't i can't paper it over with that excuse because uh all of the horcruxes we've seen are sentient right the tom riddle's diary was a guy it's it was, it was a Voldemort ghost that had goals and a motivation and a plan uh and the uh the horcrux we just destroyed was a pair of Tom Riddle's eyeballs that called Ron a simp so <laughs> they're alive in some sense at least and and a real part of Voldemort's soul so that can't be it it can't be that like oh a living horcrux has never uh, existed because it sure seems that like imbuing something with a part of your soul makes it at least partially alive too um so oops <laughs> it's just nonsense we wouldn't want to explore that at all <laughs> no certainly not so wouldn't want to explore anything cool or fun in this series yeah and like i don't even want it to be like an answer like an answer is no. not really what i'm looking for but an exploration of the theme is what i'm looking for <laughs> exactly exactly also, I think Snape should have shown up in this chapter. Yes, I think that that would have really tied together at least somewhat the idea that this is like a story about like putting faith in people, right? Yeah, I, I obviously I'm very biased because of course I would want Snape to show up <laughs> and like interact with the characters. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that in in rewrite mode. I think that a if the doe had shown up and led Harry to Snape with the sword, yeah, I think that could have been interesting in a way that this isn't right. Like, yeah, and and the thing like, I think that would raise some interesting questions for Harry. I don't think Snape would even have to explain himself. I think that Snape could easily fight Harry again and not, and and be able to just leave. 
Um, so yeah. that would have been like an interesting mystery and would have brought the like idea up to the forefront of like, what is, what is Snape's motivation? Is he playing both sides? What's mm-hmm. going on with that guy? Mm-hmm. And it, then there could have been a reveal, right? Like, yeah. the, but, but as it exists now, there is no mystery. It also could have like, if, if, if the reason this chapter is here is because Harry needs to get the sword now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You could. Like, and that is clearly why this chapter is in this place particularly. It's like, okay, story's got to move. Uh, he's got to get the sword. He's got to get at least one Horcrux down. Um, you could still maintain some semblance of the continuing the Crisis of Faith story forward by having him follow the doe, then see Snape, feel like he's been tricked, and just sort of like take the sword out of spite anyway and, and you know, and deal with it later and sort of stew on those feelings for a few chapters, right? Mm-hmm. Like that would be an, a fairly elegant way to do both of those at once in, in a yeah. chapter. Um, so, yeah, it's just weird that Snape is just completely. I mean, the funny thing is he's not absent. He's like hiding behind a tree and watching Harry to make sure he gets the sword, right? Like it's it's very strange uh, in actuality. But, uh, yeah, weird that he's not like a present character. Which is also very funny because it's funny to hear the assumptions of Harry, Ron, and Hermione that the Patronus caster would have to be nearby. Right. Because before this book, I would have said, yeah, absolutely, that would be an assumption that they could make that someone else was in the forest casting the Patronus at that moment. But it is also this book that introduced the idea that Patronuses are long-range cell phones. Yeah, they're emails. (laughs) So... That assumption seems a little stupid now. Yeah, but it's but- also right, so. <sighs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's amazing how many um, uh, new features all the spells in the story get, and yet also J.K. Rowling forgets them, like, chapters after they're introduced. Yeah, it's like it only just matters for the literal thing that's happening in yep. that moment and never yep. any other time. Weird, huh? Hmm. All right. Well. This has been quite a chapter. Is there anything else you'd like to wrap up on this chapter? Um, Is this really the Institute we're trying to uphold? That's all. (laughs) Is this, is this the book that we want to keep, keep as the important fandom? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think we should take a break and then, you know, we should come back and uh, maybe take a little look at some perhaps more serious readings of Harry Potter. Mm. All right. We will be back after this. I did. I Fuck. I did for three <laughs> weeks. I avoided doing that. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Um, I hope you enjoyed our ad break uh, uh, that I accidentally summoned again. I feel like we have earned a little bit of a reprieve from blessed third segment content. Mm. Uh, We took to Reddit for quite a saga for the past few episodes. Um, And I think that that kind of realigned some stuff in my soul. It was very wholesome. I loved, um, you know, I loved doing the, 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 the undercover work to build our karma. I (laughs) loved getting 
into Slytherin, and I thought it was very cute to discover that, hey, the Slytherins, they're just like us. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it has been a long time since we have uh, had something as uh, uh, grimy and evil <laughs> as oh, no. the... Um, I don't know. Let's 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 think. The uh, Harry Potter Osama bin Laden article. Mm-hmm. The uh, uh, Pokemon short story from the New Yorker. Um, lots and lots of stuff that we have sort of let fall to the wayside. Um, in 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 kind of sprucing up the third segment a little bit, and I think it's time to revisit a little bit of that darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you how do you feel about that? I'm bracing myself. It's lucky that I'm the Joker now. Well, that's right. We're both the Joker, so none of this matters. Um, I don't feel bad about this one. Normally, I might <laughs> look at this and go, you know what? This is funny, but maybe this is just for the DMs. But there is a Harry Potter website that I have discovered in my exploration of the internet, looking for fan sites, looking for forums, looking for fun stuff to talk about. Um, this is Hogwarts Professor. Thoughts for serious readers. Hmm, finally. Finally. Um, and I was drawn to this website because I found it while I was looking for something else. Um, and I was taken by this because it had a real strong and very familiar energy to, and I don't know if you remember this, but like in a really, really early episode of the show. Like, somewhere in, like, the first few episodes, Mm. I brought up those um, books that would come out in between the Harry Potter books that are like, here's the theories for what's going to happen next, and here's all the symbols and, and, like, clues you need to know. Yeah. Um, Those were really fun, and it kind of gave me those vibes. Um, But it got much darker the the further I poked. (laughs) Um, And... I am going to read to you first the about the author segment of this website, okay. which will get you a little bit of a portrait of what you're in for. And then we're going to poke around in some of their expert analysis of the series. Sure. John Granger, the Dean of Harry Potter scholars described by time. Wait, we're as Harry de- Potter scholars. We're the Harry Potter scholars. We're, that's right. We're the Harry. We're the premium Harry Potter scholars. Well, hang on. That's technically not incorrect because if you remember, the Time Person of the Year that one time was you. It was the us. Big mirror yeah. on the front, so it was us. So I guess described by Time as the Dean of Harry Potter scholars mm-hmm. is technically correct. Yeah. I would not call him the Dean. No. John Granger has been writing and speaking about the artistry and meaning of Joan Rowling's on first name basis with her, Joan Rowling's Hogwarts Adventure since 2002. In that time, he has consistently been ahead of the pack in understanding and explaining why readers love the Potter saga. John is well known, for example, as the literary critic who spelled out the Christian content of value in Harry Potter within the traditional English fantasy literature when others were burning the books because of their supposed sorcery. Uh, Yeah, that's a tough nut to crack. (laughs) That's a real tough one to figure out that that there's Christian allegory in Harry Potter. Seven years before Ms. Rowling's alchemical scaffolding was revealed in an interview, too, John was explaining Shakespearean alchemical drama and its importance for understanding Harry to readers around the world. 
In the Deathly Hallows lectures, he has interpreted the predominant and extensive eye symbolism in the series finale in terms of the romantic and inkling traditions. Most recently, the original Hogwarts professor has explained the remarkable ring composition artistry of the seven book series and each of the seven novels if harry potter is a gateway to the best of english literature granger has been the gatekeeper for the shared text of this generation concerned about english literature if that's the case mm-hmm John's insights about harry potter have been published by tyndale penguin books unlocking press and zosima press in addition, How Harry Potter Cast His Spell, the third edition and final update of his first book, Hidden Key to Harry Potter, Granger is the author of Unlocking Harry Potter, Seven Keys for the Serious Reader. Um, kind of stepping uh, on our toes a little bit. I thought yeah, that's what we were doing. That's kind of our job. That's Mr. kind of our Mr. job. The Dean is harshing our chill. Um, so, the term serious reader... Uh, gets thrown around a lot on this website. <laughs> um, the f- the latest like blog post that isn't directly about something Harry Potter related is an article, uh, a post called "Sobering Statistics About Readers Today." Oh, uh, are we doing? Are we doing too many jokes? Are we doing too is many jokes? Is that our jokes? problem? We're not. We're not taking it seriously enough. Uh, we could do so this here- podcast with no jokes. Yeah, we could. We would just uh, well. Um, Harry sees the doe and then he walks and sees the cross and then a sexy hall. No, like there's no way to do it without, jo- there's no way to do it without jokes. I, this is the problem with readers today. Harry Potter is laughable. Anyway, this is a website. Oh, so two words. This is a website yes. for quote serious readers. Uh huh. We are, as it seems, an endangered species or anachronism. Can you say dinosaur? Yes. In Claire Bolinsky in Is America Doomed Part 3 cited goodreader.com's reading books is in a decline for the following figure. 33% of high school graduates never read another book the rest of their lives, and 42% of college grads never read another book after college. 70% of U.S. adults have not been in a bookstore in the last five years, and 80% of U.S. families did not buy or read a book last year. For Ow. shame. For shame. <laughs> you, do you find these statistics believable? Why or why not? Sure. Um, yeah. And so they, 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 take, they take their reading very seriously here um, as serious readers. Uh, they have a lot of content about the Deathly Hallows on this site, um, which I will kind of poke around in a little bit. But just to kind of get ahead of some stuff here, um, if you think we're being mean, I would just like to read uh, their response to J.K. Rowling's This Witch Doesn't Burn t-shirt tweet. While reading Trouble Blood last week and doing all I could to avoid being quote-unquote spoiled, I was unable to avoid learning that the new book by Rowling Galbraith, it's a very interesting way to put it, had been tried and found guilty of transphobia, and that some transgender activists who had been Harry Potter fans had chosen to burn their books to demonstrate their displeasure with J.K. Rowling. I spoke with Louise Freeman this morning at the Queen City Mischief and Magic Festival. Ooh, how delightful. 
um, about Harry Potter and Cormoran's strike. She closed our conversation with a brief discussion of whether the strike series as a whole and Trouble Blood specifically was transphobic. Professor Freeman offered several links to reviews in UK papers that discussed and dismissed this charge as unfortunate and unfounded. She explained how someone might have imagined that this character of Dennis Creed, but it was an unjustified overreach to classify the books or series in any way, uh, not to mention transphobic, based on an aside about this year's psychopath. I offered the historical parallel of the Harry haters during the Potter panic of 20 years ago who believed earnestly and zealously that the Hogwarts saga was the gateway to the occult because they read the, read the book through the never-blinking eye of the culture war. Harry Potter, as re readers of my books in this web blog know, turned out to be a profoundly challenging and transformative work of Christian storytelling. Yeah, J.K. Rowling's not taking part in the culture war. <laughs> I don't think this guy's very good at reading. <laughs> I don't think this guy's very smart or good at reading no. or very serious. I would say that's... I, I, as a serious reader and a Harry Potter scholar, would say that you might try being better at reading, if that's um, your takeaway. This, this blog post does continue for, like, eight more paragraphs. Um and it uh it it does it does actually um it it's it 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 kind of is written in the exact same way as all of his other articles today's transgender activists secular fundamentalists and puritanical ideologues akin to the religious harry haters are now reading corman's strike in search of transgressions against their dogmas and creedal cultic touchstones like those who burned the Potter novels for being hurtful to the soft souls of children, so today's book burners do in the name of the oppressed and maligned transgender women. Sadly, huh. they miss Rowling Galbraith. Yeah, huh. Hmm. Um, yeah, how are you amount of sarcasm there, Mr. Dean? Um, sadly, they miss Rowling Galbraith's message of a personal narrative and identity in the strike books, themes of transformation, as upfront as her Christian symbolism was, frankly, in her first seven book series. This guy's smart. This guy's smart. Smart stuff. He writes. He writes like a smart guy, so he is a smart guy. Yeah, you know? that's right. Um, well, let's look at his keys for er interpret. Uh, excuse me, his keys for interpreting Harry Potter. Um, which are and these are sections. If you would like to uh, take a, a a wheel spin here and choose a path for us, um, the pillars are formalist reading intertextuality slash literary illusion literary alchemy narrative artistry postmodernism <laughs> ring composition traditional symbolism and christian content and psychology psychology huh psychology um a lot of uh a lot of choices that make me roll my eyes and some that intrigue me i want to learn about psychology all right, let's check out the psychology section. Fuck. <laughs> this is a placeholder post to be added. More later. Thank you for your patience with this project. Damn. Ring theory, then. <laughs> Hasn't gotten to the psychology part. No. Ring composition. Pillar post placeholder for sidebar. John! Dean! Mr. Dean, <laughs> you have not completed your website. How can I do the assignment, Mr. Dean, if you haven't if you haven't finished it? It's, it sounds like serious readers should do some serious writing. <laughs> okay, hold on. 
Let's see if any of these go anywhere. Hit me with some uh, content. Yeah, Christian Christian content. Pillar post, placeholder, Versailles Barlow. Jesus Christ, Dean. None of these go anywhere. Okay, let's go to his... Okay, movie reviews, pillar post, placeholder. There we go, Jesus. Okay, here we go. I found a, uh, a, a page that actually goes somewhere. Individual J.K. Rowling works. We can sort by those. Um, would you like to learn about uh, the serious readings of Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald? God, no. Would you like to read some of the serious readings of Deathly Hallows? Yes, I feel like I need some help help with Deathly Hallows at this yeah, point. I'm like, a- I need Dean, I need help with this. Dean. I don't get it. Dean, I'm trying. I'm really trying, Dean, but I can't I can't finish my homework. I've got too I've got too much on my plate this year, Dean. Uh can't connect to the server at hogwartsprofessor.com. What is going on over there? Am I is is my poking around on this website crashing it? <laughs> is that have I have I pushed the dean to his limit here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the site his site is down. Mm. I broke I broke his fucking website. <laughs> We're simply directing too much traffic to the dean's office. Uh, we're the deans now. We're the deans now, by law. Well, fuck. What is... Okay, this has really thrown a wrench in my third segment plans here. His website just went down. (laughs) (laughs) That was easy. Wow, okay. Another nemesis defeated. (laughs) Yeah, I can't... Yeah, the whole site's busted. Um, okay. Wow. In that case... Um... Jesus, uh, I, I, shall we go to Reddit? I know what we can do. Mm. Let's read the Harry Potter game subreddit. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hogwarts Legacy, they've, okay, so they've updated it since I was last here the day things <laughs> were announced. They've mm-hmm. got, I've got a nice banner with the, ex- oh, can you please, while I'm looking for posts here. Yeah. Um, can you let everyone know about the saga you went through to get your exclusive wallpaper on the discord oh my god so the game was announced and they have this gimmick where if you sign up for their newsletter which means that you have to sign up to get like let wb games send you ads to your email yeah you get an exclusive wallpaper and it was like this whole thing because the game got announced they teased the exclusive wallpaper, <laughs> and then the site crashed. And so a bunch of people in the Discord were like, I want my exclusive wallpaper, but it crashed. And so people were, like, coordinating, like, oh, I'll DM it to you <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> and I finally got in, and it's literally just a download of a JPEG. It's a beautiful wallpaper, just kidding. It's uh it's like the logo, there's like the castle photo bashed into a hill in the background and it's like okay, I am taking away if you are if you are a um a a, a games an artist working in games listening to this. Hmm. I know this isn't your fault. I but but I am I am demanding that you stand up to your bosses hmm. and say I will no longer do any more video game covers 
based on uh, 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 what's it called? A Night of Sea and Fog or whatever. Mm, mm-hmm. um, um, what's it called? It's called uh, uh, Wanderer Above the Sea of Fog. Mm, mm-hmm. No more. You can't do that anymore. No more <laughs> video game covers of the back of the protagonist looking out over the mist of uh, of the landscape. We're done with that. Link, Link did it on Breath of the Wild and then everyone started doing it. Like like death of oh god so many fucking games have used that and this this one is no different it's just 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 put your foot down say no every cover looks like this this is like remember when every cover no matter what was just like a guy holding a gun over his shoulder hell yeah uh th- we're back to that but it's just like every cover is the back of the protagonist and the world in front of them just um <laughs> i'm gonna take it one step further i'm gonna say if you're on the marketing team at at video games yeah if your special sign up to get ads sent to your email address is an exclusive wallpaper, <laughs> don't do that. It's it's like it's it's a JPEG. Like at least give me a Winamp skin, right? Bring back Winamp skins. That's what I'm saying. I want a Harry Potter or Hogwarts mystery Winamp skin that I can that I can play with while I'm listening to music. I I think that like. I might expect like an exclusive item in Hogwarts mystery or something, not a JPEG download of the cover <laughs> art for my desktop computer. Yeah. 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 Just, just get, get me some of those posts of people who are going to be way disappointed. Well, this post is called how the prologue might work. <laughs> I'll have, you know, that they have an entire section on this subreddit already for ideas mm-hmm. um now i'm gonna do my best to read this um but i must stress this is one block of text there are no page breaks no paragraphs and very few periods good luck a lot of people are theorizing about how there might be an opening quest or prologue that determines which house we get and our wand, among other things. I am going to do a detailed idea for how it might work. I bet there's going to be an opening quest. I would bet money on it. <laughs> After customizing your character, you start off in front of the leaky cauldron with three people placed around you with prompts to talk to them. Going to each one will reveal the option to go with them, and each one will likely decide if you are a pureblood, halfblood, or muggle-born. The dialogue might say, go like this. Hey, isn't blank... <laughs> hey, hey, blank, isn't it so exciting that wizards exist? Who knew? If you go to each one, they will have hints <laughs> as to what you will be due, and if you decline the dialogue option to reciprocate, they'll say something like, oh, sorry, I must have mistaken you for someone else. Don't go... Don't listen to what I just said. When you accept one thing, you'll be treated to cutscene, where you go to Diagon Alley... Here is the cool thing. You'll have one best buddy, one enemy, and don't worry, the friend doesn't have to be your only friend. They just start off at that stage. It's just your best buddy. (laughs) Whichever two options of your lineage you don't pick will be filled in with two people, your friend and your enemy. Here is what happens. You get given a list of things to do, such as going to different stores and getting pots and wands and pets and such. You'll get to customize your wand and choose from a variety of pets. Say if you choose a toad, you'll get to choose what species and what color they have and what accents to the colors they have. (laughs) Nothing ridiculous like a pink snowy owl. Why not? Why not? Dream bigger. (laughs) I want a pink snowy owl. Within the species' actual color variations, there will be no currency to buy with microtransactions to have enough money to get a fox or such. There will be different cauldrons and robes, but no matter what, you will always have enough money. 
along uh-huh. the way you'll yeah <laughs> um along the way you'll meet your buddy getting attacked by your enemy and through the various encounters with them you'll be able to choose the dialogue options and choices through those encounters let me get this straight i will be so mad at avalanche if you choose the mean dialogue option and you're slytherin if you're nice you're gryffindor if you act smart you're ravenclaw oh. if you f- and if you fail at choosing good option, you're Hufflepuff. Just know, Slytherin is about espionage and manipulation. No, if you it's choose not. To sneak up... <laughs> if you choose to sneak up behind them after your second and third encounter and set off a firecracker before scaring him away, you're Slytherin and Ravenclaw. Let me explain throughout the quest. It will be a four-way karma system from infamous Second Son. Doing sneaky and smart options will put you towards those two houses. You won't have gotten access to your wand yet. He will be a very powerful-looking character. And guess what? If you choose to do the Gryffindor thing and be brave, you'll get treated to an early boss battle where you have only fists. (laughs) It'll teach you how dodging and hiding behind stage. It'll teach you the cover system. Holy fuck. I like it this way for two reasons. One is that you'll be actively directed directed to the light side so that you won't be accidentally hitting the wrong button and now you're a dark wizard. And two is, if you are just doing whatever, you'll get directed to the house that suits you. But if you want to become a specific house, it still is obvious enough that you can tell what it is. Sorry for the long post. Bye. By the way, I'm thinking of doing another one of these. Please do. Please do another oh, one of these. This is, a, this is a possibility that I didn't consider because um, I, you know, follow the Harry Potter fandom. I follow games a lot of the time, but not often where they intersect. And, and mostly the posts I've been seeing have been like gamers, right? Who are who are imagining the Ur game yeah. uh, and have played all the most recent like big AAA titles. And so they're mm-hmm. like imagining the best, hugest parts of every single game that they've played in the last couple yeah. of years. Um, what I didn't consider is the gamer who is aiming so low to be describing like a PlayStation 2 game. Because <laughs> maybe they haven't played a game since then and are just here for Harry Potter. Would Love you like this. Um, would you like to know the other thread that this this user has made? Yes. If they implement a mana or spell gauge, I will hate this game. Oh shit. Game looks beautiful, but if they include mana that limits my spells, like in Jedi Fallen Order, I'm gonna freak. Jedi Fallen Order was a great game, but I don't want a limit to how many spells I can cast. In the books and movies, they can cast limitlessly, not including focus and sleep, but I don't want to focus mana, spell, magic, wand, whatever meter. I gotta say, they're right. They they are at least right in that in the canon... That 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 is not how it works. I think that it should, but I think that uh <laughs> you know I Harry <laughs> is that... never out of mana. Oh, the ideas section on here is so good. Um I hope the game has darker moments. Don't be very childish. Imagine a big forbidden forest to explore. Dark, dangerous, scary sounds. Forced to use a lamp slash lumos, secrets, traps. Wait, do they mean by... literally dark? <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, so that's the thing. Imagine, <laughs> so they dark, dangerous, scary sounds forced to use a lamp. Um, and, like, they've included a collage of pictures. Okay. And the first one is uh, Aragog. Yeah. Uh, attacking Ron and Harry. Then there's, like, clip art of a dark forest. Then there's a picture of a Death Eater from the fifth movie. Okay. Um, And then there's a picture of Lupin. And so uh-huh. those are, like dark as in like the light source literally dark. yeah 
But then continuing on, we've got a Dementor sucking Harry's soul out, and then we've got Charity Burbage hanging upside down. So I don't actually know what they're asking for by Dark here. I mean, but they also started saying, like, they don't want it to be childish, but then listing things like Scary Forest and Big Spider, like, (laughs) I I, I think that's pretty... I'm not saying that's, like, childish, but I would say that is appropriate for children. Listen, I am a serious reader, and I demand that the Harry Potter game not be childish. I want a big spooky forest with a giant spider, and I have to use my lamp. I have to use my lamp because it's scary in the dark. I want the Forbidden Forest to be large and confusing enough to the point that if I turned off the mini-map and didn't look at the main map, I wouldn't have a clue where I was. That would make for a really scary and creepy feeling, but I guess the more you play it, the more recognizable it would become. Yeah, that would be scary. That would be kind of neat, I guess. (laughs) I I don't like when when games take your map away. Gonna be honest. Well, what about this? What (laughs) about, can we be anti-hero like Regulus Black or Deadpool? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i feel like those are very different kinds of characters um and and here's the body of this of this post mm-hmm. what about can we be anti-hero like regulus <laughs> black or deadpool i mean it's a role-playing game you know you can be whatever you want it's fucking imagining there there is a non not insignificant amount of people Whose perfect video game would be, what if I could be Deadpool in the Harry Potter universe? Yeah, that's like a, yeah, that's a significant group of people. I agree. <laughs> I just like that they, they wrote Deadpool twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, very powerful. Uh, is Regulus an anti-hero? Yeah, we don't really see enough of him. He just, he just sort of like did the right thing after a life of not doing the right thing, right? Like, that's yeah, I don't not think a... that's really an anti-hero. No. Anti-hero is someone who, like, begrudgingly does good things or sucks about it, right? Like, that's not a... He's not... It's not like a... <laughs> a guy or he who... is the protagonist, but he is doing bad things, but you root yeah. for him anyway. I mean, like... Yeah. Yeah, not the, not the same thing. Okay. Um, ooh, here's a... Here's a one that, like... I support in my heart of hearts, but, Mm. like, this ship sailed so many years ago. Sure. I really hope developers plan on mod support. Yeah. Yeah, me Mm. too. I would, that's me with all video games, but I don't think that's fucking happening. Would be cool. Uh, Would be cool. Would be cool if video games, uh, hate to sound like the the video game boomer here, Mm. but, uh, but boy, I miss when, uh, there were server browsers and user-created maps and I could put a spray that was a gif of someone dancing so people would look at it and I could shoot them when they were distracted. Mm -hmm. And I could uh, put the quake sounds in Team Fortress 2. Yeah. I'm feeling like that. this game is not going to be a return to that. That would be wild, though. Uh, This game is going to be sick idea. (laughs) That's not an idea. I mean, I guess it's a hope and a dream, (laughs) but not an idea. Um, God, I want to know, I want to know more about, I want to know more about people's, uh, ideas. Oh, here's, here's one that's posing a question that I, I, I think might be worth us discussing. Oh, yeah. The player character has a specific ability, which is tied to the ancient magic referenced in the trailer. What do you think this unique and unusual ability will be? I find this fascinating. 
Bullet time. Ooh. <laughs> hmm. I could honestly see that. Like, no joke, like, games that, like, have slow-mo as a mechanic and feel the need to, like, justify it in-universe, that's a thing. Yeah, and I also think that, like, the spells in Harry Potter suck ass for for a video game. Like, they Mm -hmm. aren't, it doesn't feel good. Right, and I so mean, I they suck be so su- bad that the old Harry Potter games had to invent new spells, like right. Flipendo and stuff, yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was some sort of mechanic in there to try to enhance or make fun the, the existing spells in Harry Potter. like, Or mm. even, like, the way you're able to engage with the spells or, like, customize them. Like, if it's like, yeah, I have the special ancient power, so I can make sp- stupefy. I can go into bullet time and curve it around walls, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's going to do something like that. Your your ancient power is going to be that you can do all the normal spells, but you get a skill tree that improves them. Exactly. I, I think it's yeah. definitely going to be something like that. Oh, and they have mana. Yes, that's the other part. Yeah, they it, it will have mana because it's ancient magic. Mm-hmm. You have to draw from the ancient power or whatever. Yeah. Uh, here's some answers. Someone has done a very decent an- analysis of the runes in the trailer. Maybe our ability is connected to it. Beside this, we also have very little info about it. Harry's protection against Voldemort is, according to Dumbledore, very old and powerful magic known as love. So it's impossible for Voldemort to touch him. But I highly doubt the main character's ability in this game is something like love. Winky face. I don't know. I could see that, actually, if if that's how they connect you to Harry. You know, that's that's the problem is that this is like the the like endless dichotomy in games is that they you want it to be a new thing. But also, people really want to feel all the same story beats that they remember, right? Which is like, we were talking about this with the trailer, about how like it looks exactly like Hogwarts in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has like the, you know, it's going to have like the same professor archetypes probably and whatnot. So like, your character also having like the love power that protects them against something. I could also see that happening and just giving you that same arc that Harry Potter has. Yeah, probably. Just not as Harry Potter. Yeah, you could have like the primordial love power or something. And it could even like tie into the like morality system of the game and it'd be like some sort of uh like knockoff Dumbledore character would be like, Well, you can't have hate without love and then if you do yeah. bad stuff, it's like the primordial hate pool or something. <laughs> I have the hate the hate power. Right. Oh, I wonder what that. I wonder what that'll be like. Probably lightning. Fuck yes. <laughs> yeah, it's fucked up that like all the evil powers are always the coolest. Um, all right, let's see more ideas. Oh, here we go. This is a pre-Dumbledore story. Proof. Uh, proof. Uh, um. Proof. As you guys know, Adrian Ropp wrote a post on the PS blog. And a detail let me think that the Hogwarts Legacy game will take place before Dumbledore's arrival at Hogwarts. <laughs> he says, We are always asking ourselves how we can draw from the rich library of characters, creatures, and themes, and imagine how those details would influence the school more than a century before Harry Potter's arrival. More than a century before Harry Potter's arrival, that means at least 101 years before Harry Potter. <laughs> 
If yep. the game covers three years, I don't believe it, but let's imagine. And indeed starts in 1890, then we could meet Dumbledore during the last year since he arrived in 92. That's unlikely, but in my opinion, if he specified more than a century, that's 110 years or more. So I'm now really sure we don't see Dumbledore in the game. I don't think we'll see Dumbledore in the game, but not for the reasons that they're outlining. Right. All right, yes. I, I don't think that J.K. Rowling would ever let someone else write Dumbledore. That is a really good point. Um, I, yeah, like, I, I, I feel like they, they, I think they will mostly try to avoid having any J.K. Rowling characters in it, especially mm-hmm. now. Um, they could probably, I, like, dip it in, right? Because yeah, that doesn't no matter. One gives, yeah, no one gives a shit about Armando Dippet. Um, but... I think that also, similar to, like, the everyone wants something new, but everyone also wants the same thing again thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, they, they will not, this game will not ship. I, I think out of all of my predictions, this is the one I am, like, most firm on. Mm. Absolutely zero way that this game does not ship with some sort of, like, character takes their mask off and is someone we know or character drops Mm. their last name and is like there's no way they're making a harry potter game without one of those moments right Mm -hmm. um and i for a while i was thinking that dumbledore was the most obvious and reasonable one of those but i hadn't you're right i think that jk rowling keeps that one way too close to the chest she would not allow them to do dumbledore because i think that if dumbledore does appear and i don't think it's impossible but if he does it's gonna be just like a complete throwaway cameo appearance like it's gonna be a sort of like fan servicey wink at the camera and i think that they might not do that because it's really cheap um right yeah i guess it could be nicholas flamel oh she probably won't let anyone touch that either yeah. And also they did that one in Fantastic Beasts. Right, right? yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, that's entirely possible. Um, here's some other ideas posts. Uh, what a perfect game would look like to me. Long Perfect. Post. I will definitely be reading that. Um, there's This one is funny because I think we sort of jokingly floated this a couple years ago when the leak first happened, mm. which is that uh, they should put the nemesis system in Harry Potter, the, like, <laughs> the like, thing that generates enemies for you. Yeah. Um, uh, which I actually, I, I say I would like that just because I'm desperate to see anyone do something with that idea. Right. Um, but uh, here's one that I am staring at the title of, and it's very ominous to me. Mm-hmm. It would be an interesting feature to be able to choose your genetics at the beginning. Hmm. <laughs> Why would you do... <laughs> Why? Yeah. I'm going to let that one simmer for uh-huh. a bit. And we are going to read what a perfect game would look like. Wonderful. Okay, I just made a post about managing my expectations, so now it's time for me to ignore that entirely and spew spew out every development idea I have, like an overexcited (laughs) Niffler. If you already have to make a post about managing your expectations, you are already screwed, my friend. (laughs) This post got way out of hand with the length, so feel free to skip to whichever part you're interested in, if you're interested at all. 
One, RPG elements. Two, combat. Three, (laughs) out of combat gameplay. Four, immersion. Five, story and pacing. Six, final thoughts. RPG elements. I want this game to lean into this idea heavily. I want different branches of spells, like in Skyrim. I'm gonna reference Skyrim here a lot, so I apologize in advance. Yes! This seems like a really low bar. (laughs) Skyrim's, like, sculptures are not that... Yeah, not to not to be like a real snob about RPGs, but Skyrim is a dog shit RPG. <laughs> I tried to be a mage in my first playthrough and it sucked so much ass. It was terrible. The magic in Skyrim is awful. Nonetheless, they say Skyrim had discussion, dis- destruction, illusion, restoration, etc. I'm hoping we have similar subsets. General combat slash transfiguration slash restorative slash illusion slash protective, but also different casting types like concentrating, holding it down, or blasting, just tapping it for a projectile. <laughs> and I, I, think hope you- I think it'll have all of that. I think you're going to be able to blast. I think you're going to be able to pick your spells. Yeah. I, I'm going to go on a limb and say, you're in for a treat, my friend, if these are your expectations. <laughs> And I hope you can choose to favor a subset if you wish to be or a more generally balanced character. But apart from spells, I would like to be able to rely more heavily on potions. I want to be more clever about encounters. Use a potion of invisibility to sleep, sleep, sneak past a troll or a potion that grants fire protection before you battle a dragon. Another Skyrim idea. Yes, this all is very reasonable. <laughs> but let's say we find a group of dark wizards in a camp. If I sneak up and stun the first, rip out one of his hairs, and use Polyjuice Potion with a time limit to just waltz by the rest of the camp unnoticed to steal an object from my current mission, that's the kind of freedom I want in an RPG. I mean, that's I want not to- really freedom, that's a scripted interaction. Yeah, that's I, I can't tell that's, you how many <laughs> Far Far Cry and Assassin's Creed, you you crawl up in a bush, you you knock one guy out and like slit their throat or whatever, and then you move on. Like <laughs> that's video games. That's video games. I want to play with my selected playstyle, and of course I could go in guns blazing as well. A gun is a kind of muggle wand. Okay. A staple of RPGs is progression systems, which lends itself perfectly to this game. It's literally a school. It literally takes place a place where you go to progress. (laughs) But I'm hoping. And what's the opposite of progress? Oh fuck! (laughs) Fuck! Shit! But I'm but I'm hoping that the developers make it a little more complicated than go to class, learn a spell using combat. I'd like to learn a spell in a classroom or from a fellow student and then go about upgrading the spell or mastering it. And I think it would be cool that if there were clever side missions attached to mastering a spell or potion. At Side, least, side quests, huh? We're really thinking la- big now. This is, yeah, I, I, I'm detecting this is a sad post. <laughs> and, and not in the, but like, okay, I don't, don't want to be too mean. I love that their dream video game that they're describing <laughs> is every open world game from the past it's, 10 years. It sounds like it's Deus Ex Human Revolution, which, <laughs> that game already exists. You can play that right now. Um <laughs> Obviously, a skill tree of some kind would be ideal for deciding what kind of witch or wizard we want to be. Pure DPS, a mind-altering sneak, potions master, transfiguration specialist who manipulates the environment to their advantage, or a friend of animals ready to call on them to your aid. Maybe I'm getting carried away. Or you can put a point in your arm and then punch through walls, you know? (laughs) Combat. 
I'm very conflicted on this topic, but I know one thing. I don't want it to be anything like Skyrim. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Breaking from the mold here. So <laughs> some parts from Skyrim, but not others. Mm-hmm. Someone on this sub mentioned that this game shouldn't have a health bar, and I'm inclined to agree. I don't think the game should be purely about damaging the enemy until they're incapacitated. I'd like it more if it were about using the correct type of magic to defeat the particular enemy or cleverly using the environment around you. For example, if I'm in the Forbidden Forest, I'd like to manipulate the roots of the trees to entangle my enemies. Or blast them into a bush of devil snare. I don't want to spam stupefy over and over again till, I, till the knockoff Death Eater is depleted. The Witcher 3 combat is more along the lines of how I prefer the game to be. I like the idea of brewing how potions. The, how is the Witcher 3? You've got a health bar in that game. You've got, yeah, you've got a health bar and spells in the Witcher 3. Uh, I like the idea of brewing potions to prepare for an encounter and the fact that you have to use the right spell or sword for the job. It's an extremely easy way to add another element of combat. So this is, this is what if the Witcher 3 and Skyrim. Uh, I mean, I think we're all asking that question. We're all, what if the most perfect video game that lets you do anything? Uh, yeah, but all their specifics are very, like, basic. Like, yeah, yeah. there's probably going to be potions in the game. Spells. I, I mean, I bad news, there's going to be a health bar, too, but I'm not <laughs> Either really, that. Or- I'm a little confused by that request. Yeah. Spells, I want them all. Every single one of them. I know I'm asking too much, but I don't care. I want there aren't that catalog- many. Yeah, there's like 25. <laughs> um, I can select and deselect eight of them to be on my spell wheel. If I want eight transfiguration spells, let me have them. If I want eight damage spells, let me have them. I don't want any encounter to be approached exactly like the last unless I'm grinding to upgrade. And I think it would be a neat touch if all of, if the character does certain spells on their own outside of combat. Like if I'm full of dirt after a battle. <laughs> I hate being full of dirt. <laughs> <laughs> i'm full of dirt oh fuck um clean myself off with a nonverbal spell similar to the way arthur morgan dusts himself off after falling in the mud in red dead redemption 2 how how is this gamer so up to date on the games and still (laughs) casting the bar so low it's really funny right like they're describing they're they're name dropping all of these games that just do all the things they want already so what you're really I mean, saying it probably is probably like I great news. I think it probably is going to be like this. Yeah, it's probably going to be a very expensive AAA open world game that has a lot of animations like that. Yeah, most likely. Uh, last note on combat: I'd like it to be pretty fast paced. If you're going for DPS style, uh, dodge rolls, parries, ducking behind cover. I think that would make the game visually fantastic, like the later movies, and get your heart pumping a bit. I don't want to have to move my right stick in a particular pattern for a certain spell unless it's a quick time animation, or if I'm learning it for the first time, please don't let combat be bogged down by turning this into a Wii game. Yeah, we wouldn't want to remember things in a video game. I just want to <laughs> press the gun button, please. Oh my god. Wow, they were not kidding about this being a long post. I'm going to skip out of combat gameplay um, because they're basically asking they want Gwent um, and classes and they want lore. So that's that. I don't think there's going to be Gwent. I think that that's going to disappoint (laughs) them. I wonder if there will be like a if there is, it's just going to be chess. Oh, or Gobstones. Mm-hmm. Because there's that already that Gobstones minigame, and Gobstones is just bowls, but smaller. So. Right. Um, 
I'm a Harry Potter nerd at heart, so naturally I want lore, lore, lore. A journal type sub menu that keeps track of everything you learn throughout the world will be I a most bet, welcome. I yeah. bet there's going to be a journal. I bet you will have exactly that, my friend. I I'm so every, happy for this person. Every video game since Mass Effect has had one of those. Uh, so good news. They just wrote a they just wrote a really long post. It's like I hope it's video game. I hope I hope it's every AAA video game. Oh God. Um, uh, you immersion. got it, buddy. With the quality of AAA games we have today and the amount of time spent on this game, I think it's fair for me to expect this to be a thriving, living world that uh, acts itself out around me. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Spider-Man for PS4 was somehow able to create a believable Manhattan. NPCs interacting with each other and reacting to me is the bare minimum Did I it? want from this game. Spider-Man I guess if that works on you, then fun. alrighty. <laughs> Um, I think what they mean is that in Spider-Man, you could press the one button to like do the finger guns at people and they do it back to you. And that was like pretty cute. Uh, but that's like the main thing I remember about that game. Um, but I'm writing about my perfect game here. So rapid fire one moving portraits are a must. Good news. I think they will have those. We've seen one. Suits of armor whose heads and arms <laughs> move with a squeaking metallic sound. It, Peace. Uh, probably. Let me encounter Peeves. And sure. man, I wish he could be voiced by Mark Hamill. <laughs> I mean, probably not on that one, but. Yeah, but probably Peeves, I would guess. Oh, maybe Peeves is going to be that character I'm talking about. Who's like the, like the, you know, this character. I mean, all the ghosts should be there. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Seasons and holidays. I don't know the timeline for the game, and I don't know if it covers multiple years. This is a small problem for an open-world RPG built into a school system, but I want to see the Great Hall for Halloween and the Common Room at Christmas. That's probably going to be in there. It's rumored that there's a rival-slash-companion system, and I hope to God that's true. I want an enemy in the classroom. (laughs) (laughs) And I want a Ron Weasley BFF. I can guarantee that that will happen. Um... Have the giant squid rise to the surface of the lake every now and then. Yep. Give me an give me an active and reactive environment. The movies do a great job of having the world go on around Harry. Watch the world around Harry in the World Cup scene and thank me later. What? What? I mean, there's like the Dobby that rides by on the llama. That part I remember. <laughs> Maybe that's what they're talking about. I love that. Do justice to the size and scale of the castle and grounds. I guess they will... It will be open world that you will have your wish there. Uh, Music and score can be original or recycled. The movies have an abundance to choose from. I am going to go out on a limb and say they will not be recycling music from the (laughs) movies for this. (laughs) They should should just use the music from uh, Order of the Phoenix. Just the guitar solo part. Uh (laughs) (laughs) That's the combat music. All right, we are nearly done. We are we are nearly described the perfect video game. Mm-hmm. Story and pacing. I honestly don't know how this game will be timed out. In most open world RPGs, there is essentially no time, even if there's a day and night cycle. You don't age, is what I mean. Many posts about the game, however, seem to think you'll progress through multiple years of school. If that's the case, can I muster every spell, master every spell in my first year at Hogwarts, or am I locked behind certain main quests before I can progress? Yes. Yes, you will be. Yes. Yes. yes time, that is... time passes in games, even if they're like. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, I guess it doesn't technically if you like don't. I mean, do if the you stand still, part. you won't but... 
progress time, but Fuck. they're probably also not making persona, right? Like we can be reasonably sure that that's not how it works. <sighs> oh my god. Um, and if there are multiple years, obviously we'll have to skip ahead in time multiple times throughout the main storyline. So how stagnant are our skills in the meantime? Oh, I bet people would love that if you go to <laughs> you go on summer break and like unlearn Stupefy or whatever. <laughs> oh, that'll be really fun. As far as the storyline goes, I don't want to get my hopes too high. Harry Potter's story and characters were the best series has ever seen. Hold on, huh. wait. Harry Potter's story and characters were the best the series. It's the what are they saying that crimes of oh, world is bad the cursed child was a bit of a disappointment and fantastic beast was entertaining but it doesn't hit the same way harry potter did this is a new team of writers and it's a huge undertaking i certainly hope they're up to the task but avalanche the team behind disney infinity doesn't do too much to bolster confidence in a game like this in terms of story and pacing i'm praying this game goes the route of jedi fallen order what Fallen Order did was use the fantastical world of Star Wars as a set piece and, in a way, a driving force. But the story and the protagonist could exist entirely on its own and still just be as intriguing outside of the universe. Hopefully Avalanche creates a story we want to play out first and foremost, and the fact that it exists in the wizarding world is just that much more exciting, if that makes sense. Yes, I hope they hired good writers. Yes, I too hope. <laughs> <laughs> yes, agree. Final hope, thoughts. Hope the story's good. Hope the story's good. Final thoughts. I really want to hammer home the point that this is my idea of a perfect game. If you want something completely opposite, that's more than okay. It's possible that all my ideas are total rubbish and would make for a failure of a game anyway. I mean, no. The thing They're is... They're just is describing, ga- describing <laughs> AAA <laughs> games. described games that everyone has loved for the past five years. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yep, that's a video game. Uh, I guess this is slightly better managed expectations and like at least they're saying like i hope it's like every other triple a game and not like i hope this is the video game that ends all video games it's it's hard because like i think it will be like i think that it is going to have all of those things i just don't think it's gonna be like the best one of those no like i i have great news for these people which is that if this is the game you want the world is your motherfucking oyster uh there are lots of rpgs out there um uh like this and you they, you don't have to buy a harry potter product to enjoy them it's gonna be okay six out of ten it's gonna be a six out of ten and this i am going to have to tear myself away from this subreddit now uh the ideas section is fucking incredible but we have gone very long here <laughs> do you think it's time for us to take it to the close yeah all right. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. You can check them out at Bandcamp, and you can check us out at patreon.com slash shriekcast. Uh, we have lots and lots of fun bonus content there for you. We have video game talk. We talked a lot about Mario. We're bitching about Zelda some more. Um, uh, we, we, we have declared war on Breath of the Wild. Uh, <laughs> the gloves are off on Breath of the Wild. Um... And lots and lots of other fun stuff, too. Uh, but Liz, what are we going to read next week? We're going to chapter 20. It's called Xenophilius Lovegood. Xenophobia Lovegood is here. I'm so excited. I'm really excited for this one because there's one thing I do remember about this chapter. And this is where the one where they go into Luna's room and she's painted creepy portraits of everyone and hung them on her ceiling. And she's like spray painted friends in red blood paint. 
uh, all over it. So that's exciting. We get the Deathly Hallow, the Tale of Three Brothers, the chapter after that. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be in my fucking bag week after next. <laughs> I can't wait for that specifically. Mm-hmm. But until then, please read another book. Please read another book. Makes ocean rolls seem tame. Better know what you're after if you catch a eye. Cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.